0: It's really hit or miss about whether or not people even give a shit about NPCs at all. And normally, kids are the thing that you add. Mm-hmm. Kids or barmaids with big bazumbas. Yeah. That is how you get other people involved. Yeah. That's right.
1: how you get someone's attention.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oops.
0: So, okay, hold on. Dan, what is the number one way to get your attention with an NPC? With an NPC? Yeah. The number one way to get my attention with an NPC? Uh... Like an ally, not just an NPC that comes in and magic missiles you in the junk.
2: Uh, honestly, I feel like I have to be a little bit of a rescuer. So if they have, if uh, they're in peril, you're if good. they're in peril, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm there to help.
1: Ooh, I'm the opposite because I love it when NPCs save me. I love it. Is, is that, it's my favorite thing in the world. Like i just, So, I, just so love I love
2: to be the rescuer. You like to be the rescuer. I do me. love being rescued. Oh, I'm sensing
1: sparks. I am, I, am, I am a strong independent woman in real life. So when I'm in game I enjoy a little bit of work. That music. makes
2: a lot of sense with like characters like Irvindale and who's the who's the new one? Who's the new Irvindale? The new Irvindale. Oh, oh uh, L- L- Late No, sorry, yeah. sorry. The the old and
0: uh,
1: now reoccurring. And then
2: now, now. reoccurring Irvindale, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Love being saved.
0: Just, just like the handsome swashbuckler that yep. comes in yep. and yep. rescues you and swings Maybe out on happened. a rope. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah. It has Dan's like the anime the moment where like the the rose petals are falling from the sky. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. absolutely, yeah. first snow of the season. Yeah, yeah, all of it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm
2: I'm on board with that.
1: <laughs> Welcome to It's a Mimic with your DMS, Adam, Dan, and Terry.
2: Welcome to another episode of the It's a Minute podcast, a roundtable <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons discussion where you never know what you're gonna get. I am Dan and with me are Megan, who's not Terry, and Adam's also here. Uh, and today we're talking about Paladins.
1: I would like to point out that my hair is still more Viking-esque than Terry's.
0: Yeah, he's really dropped the ball on that one. Yeah, right. he's not doing Frickly, very well. Frankly, so so's Dan. Yeah. Yeah, they a lot of the Vikings would go like super short. Or... Oh, okay.
1: And then like big beard. I,
2: I was just wondering, are you, like, were most Vikings rocking the stellar bald spot in the back of their head? Because that's what I, I got. O- I can only right see now. the front of your head. Oh, if I lean down, I'll blind you because the the reflection off the chrome dome. Oh okay. well, yeah, well then, yeah, I'm, I'm slowly losing my hair because of stress. Something about children, I guess.
1: Is that what that is?
2: Yeah. Sure. Um. Anyways, so today we're talking about paladins. Okay. Um. Which. To be completely honest, it's one of my favorite classes in the game, Um, especially recently. Like, I've always been playing warlocks or paladins, and each time I go into it, it's like, do I want to play a warlock or do I want to play a paladin? And then I literally have a character where I went, why not both? (laughs) Yes, I
1: did not much like paladins until I started playing in this last campaign. Oh, really? Yeah, I was not a paladin person.
2: I like, we, we were talking about this because we knew Terry wasn't going to be available for this episode, and we go, good riddance, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, who do we get? Well, obviously we get Megan, because she, all she plays
0: is paladins. I'm
1: all about paladins right now. Yeah. It's
0: so weird that you say that you didn't like them at all. If I, for the record, cannot stand paladins. I think they're a horseshit garbage class, but we'll get into that later.
1: How dare you? That's fine.
0: I have one major I contention with, with them. <laughs> I, I have one major contention with
2: them, but otherwise I think they're a fantastic class.
0: They're I, possible to kill. That's what it is. That, 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 that's that's my number one thing. Uh, we'll, we'll go through it, but aura, 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 aura. Right? That's enough.
1: So, so from a player standpoint... They're amazing. Ah! From, from a DM, a DM standpoint, standpoint,
0: fuck, fuck these class, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's it. I, th- I think I've never played a Paladin, but I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited about the role-playing option for my subclass. We'll get into that later. Yeah.
3: Ooh, baby. So
2: um, as with all of our other class episodes, what we'll do is we'll do a quick little breakdown of the standard uh, stat array for a Paladin. And then once we hit our commercial, after we're done that, we will be getting into our lovely oaths, which are your subclass options you get at level three. And each one of us has...
1: Can you say that word again?
2: Oaths. Oaths.
1: Oaths. Oaths? Oaths.
2: Oaths. Oaths?
1: Oaths.
0: Oaths. It's not oats. Oaths? Oaths. Okay. It's not oath. It's oaths. (laughs) It's not a hard the. It's a th. It's It's soft.
1: Softer. I hate,
0: I hate how you people pick apart my fucking dialect every single time. It's, <laughs> that, it's not even that like you have a dialect; you're just your mouth is just wrong. <laughs> you just have a bad mouth. I've never gotten any complaints about my m-
2: mouth.
1: <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, uh, your paladins are your stalwart warriors, your holy knights. Uh, the word that ke- keeps coming up with these guys is righteous. They are righteous knights. Um, they don't necessarily um, have to be part of a religious order uh, like they have in past editions. And you don't have to be lawful good like
0: you had to be in last editions. So, hold on. They're, they're, they used to be Knights Templar, and now they're just knights. Now they're just they, straight up They knights. used to be self-righteous, and now they're just righteous. Now they're just
2: righteous. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, Paladins are uh, one of your main two melee tank classes. Um, and they really build into it that way. Uh, they are the ones that are about armor. Um, yeah, Megan and I both just helped. Yeah, both, in both room. you guys, both of you guys just oh, went three. A, a,
0: a, Do you not like barbarian or
2: fighter? I don't you. include fighter in the like as uh, okay. their main role because. Well,
1: I guess it depends on how you build it.
2: Uh, a lot of fighter abilities I find are yes, it depends on how you build it, and fighters are by far the most versatile when it comes to martial means of fighting. Mm. They're also more mobile though. I understand they don't stand still. They don't the stand end. still as much, and they're not, and they're more about how much damage you're doing than. How much damage you're taking? Maybe How much damage you taking? We've done
1: fighters already.
2: Yeah, we've done fighters and barbarians. We'll go both. and
1: listen to the episode about fighters.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I I class these these are the yang to a barbarian's yang, right? Like or
0: yin. Sorry.
1: I always felt the balance to a paladin was a rogue.
0: Yeah, they're the polar opposite. I would even say maybe a warlock.
1: I was nervous that I wouldn't have anybody to de- disagree with, because Terry wasn't Oh no,
0: I, I, am <laughs> I am constantly spitting things do, that these do guys you disagree see, with. Do you see my pain?
2: So, uh, your paladins are uh, almost, by design, hard to kill. Um, they are heavy armor wearing, shield wielding. Um, they're good at all saves. They're good at all saves, um, and are a party-based class as well with their auras. So we're going to do a quick little breakdown of the proficiencies, what you got, and then we will get to rolling some dice. Right off the bat, Paladins are 1d10 hit points. They are designed to be standing in the front row. In fact, their main two stats are going to be, and they recommend this, Strength and Charisma. Um, I would say you're a little bit more uh, varied on Strength. Uh, you, There are some very interesting dex builds out there for Paladins, but... You are designed to be a front row fighter, and
0: charisma is going to be your big stat. This is bizarre to me that you are supposed to be... This is the one, and I get it, but this is the one that's not dex or con based, Mm -hmm. right? Considering you're supposed to be front row, you're really banking on the fact that your AC and your high saves from all your auras and your class features are going to save you because your hit points aren't going to be as high as fighters and barbarians and rangers with their dex, right? Able to avoid... um, but like, they have
1: so many abilities that keep them from being touched.
0: Exactly. Right? Yeah, which is why it looks at. First glance, if you've never done it before, that you should want Constitution. But honestly, it's like the fourth stat that I want. I for think a it's the
1: lowest one I have on my Paladin right now. Uh,
0: for
2: for me, I would say intelligence is the lowest you need for a Paladin. That's just that's just mm-hmm. for sometimes you, Dan. You,
1: but if you build like um, a charisma based one that is meant to be a leader and a speaker, sometimes intelligence is a good thing to add in there.
2: Yeah, no, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, and and depending on what campaign you're running, if you're running a very tactical, you could dump int like nothing else yeah. but if you're playing one that is far more role play heavy. role play heavy you dump decks let's be honest oh yeah. oh i don't know about that i'm sure. your heavy armor wielding so you're not getting it for your armor you're getting your uh, charisma for your uh, saves and you're wielding a shield anyways. You literally do not need dex as a paladin.
0: Yeah, but you do because, and and this is where I'm going to argue with you, because I'm looking at it from a DM's perspective, and I can't hit you because your AC is too high. I can't hit anybody else around you because you're given all these bonuses. You know what? Area of effect, area of effect, area of effect, and I'm going to drop you down pits. You need dex for your traps. Yes, and but you your, get your charisma
2: to your dex. That's why I'm saying or, you don't necessarily need dex. To
0: your saves. Yeah, to made. your saves, yeah. Okay, I still think that a dex is worth more to me than Constitution would be. Fair enough.
1: Remind me what saves you from grappling. <laughs> uh,
0: you can roll
2: either Athletics <laughs> or, or Acrobatics. Yeah, acrobatic. So, okay. so you get Strength or Dex can save you from that.
1: Mm, good to know.
3: So uh, <laughs> in turn,
2: so they are 1d10 hit points because they're designed to be in the front row. Um, their proficiencies are everything except tools. You get zero tools as a paladin. You only get all armor and all weapons. So
1: you can put armor on your armor if you felt like it.
2: You really could. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your saving throws are going to be Wisdom and Charisma. Um, that tracks as your holy warrior, force of will, and
0: also the bit of that divine... I, I, I don't like that so much for this version. That was great for the Knights Templar version of previous editions. That doesn't track for me for Wisdom and Charisma. I get Charisma. Oh, hey, we have another Charisma-based frickin' class. But it, sh- it feels like it should be Strength. So I have a question. Ideals. Like, the concept of ideals. Are they Wisdom or
2: Intelligence? Are they book smarts or are they intuition? I
1: would say...
2: Do you mean ideals like or tenets? No, I say ideals. So, like, um, what they have done, and as a uh, Christian player, I do actually enjoy this little aspect of it as well, is they've removed the necessity to follow a deity to be a paladin. You don't need to be within a deity. You can be a um, paladin of freedom or you could be a paladin of... Right, um, right, and so they get tenets. So you get tenets instead of following... Right, but things. ideals are actually things in your backstory. I'm saying for ideals, things in your backstory, things that yeah. are in influencing where your character's going, not necessarily the tenets of the vows you take, of the codes okay. you take. All right, I'm with you. What are the ideals? Are they an intelligence-based thing, or are they a wisdom-based thing? Or charisma? They're, they're, uh, or I guess or charisma, but you already get charisma with the paladin, so I'm trying I, to figure out the, where that sits. I, okay. Because, it, look, because it, they have that holy touch. They have that... Um, they have that little sprinkling of the divine in them with their targeting towards fiends and undead and, and all those other things. I, so. Yeah, but
0: that could just be more martial that they've trained specifically to vanquish evil, though which is more chivalry, than which it is. leads towards wisdom in my mind. Yeah but like for me, wisdom charisma makes perfect sense. I still think that strength makes more sense because you were a knight. Like Because it's wisdom and charisma, this is your, your front-line fighter that's good with every sort of weapon and armor but is not proficient with strength, dex, or con. It's just saves. weird. Right, but it's weird that you are... I've I've seen many paladins that are frustrated because they can't do damage without their smites. Yeah, that's fair enough. Right, and so that just sits... It feels weird to me. I hear what you're saying, and I think as far as... The, like, to answer your question with the ideals... Um, if it is religious or knowledge based ideal, if you've gone like a cloistered scholar or whatnot, then that would be intelligence. But if you are an outlander, then that would be a wisdom based. And if you. It's all based off background. It, it, yeah, it's based on your background and it's based on like. And charisma would be if it, you have a social, like a charlatan would be charisma based, mm-hmm. right? So that's, I mean, it's a good question to ask, but I think there's a different answer for each background. Fair enough. Um, and things like uh, pirate would be dex based, right? Like there'd be. Like, or Sailor, or um, Urchin, maybe, would be dex-based. So, that, like, there's there's my answer. But that's a really good question to ask when you're building your character. Yeah.
1: Can I be your tiebreaker? Sure. I like it.
0: That, that, that doesn't break the tie. I, I am, okay. Is it this or this?
1: <laughs> I Yes! I like the Wisdom and Charisma as their save. One, because stat-wise, you do get an aura later on that helps you with your saves anyway, so it rarely even matters. Um, and then two... Uh, I do kind of agree that with the ideals, when it comes to being a paladin or something that you worship or you're devoted to, it's that wisdom piece of being able to protect that piece of you.
2: Yeah, it it feels like me. Uh, feels to me like your paladin is going to see their ideal as just this is common sense. This is something that everyone should follow, but.
1: It does look weird as a stat block thing. But it does as a role playing thing. No. It makes sense. To me.
0: Okay, so then I've got to ask: when you have a martial character, and I don't, and I don't mean like martial because he can use swords, but I mean like he was a part, character named Marshall. No, uh, like he's part of the militia, or he was classically trained. Is that a fighter or a paladin? Um, I would say
2: yes, and even still in in the in the description of paladins, it mentions like in a standard army. Fighters are rare, which I went. Pardon, in a standard army, fighters are rare. Okay, they're you're like
0: they're militia, they're brawlers, they're they're champions that have gone out. And I learned from my father how to swing yeah, a sword, yeah, right?
2: They're they're experienced and they're trained. Paladins. Paladins are the same, but they've got that towards evil tint li- or uh, lean to
0: them. They've got this I'm, straight up towards evil lean. Okay, you keep saying that, but it's not just towards evil. Like you can be an evil paladin now. Yeah, you can, right? you and can. so you can smite good. Yep, right, and so that's that's one of the options. But it's interesting that that they're they have fewer fighting styles, considering that they have training than the fighter does with no training, right? So it's just well, weird. I, I also look at the ranger. The ranger also has their fighting styles as
2: well, but it has even less than the paladin.
0: No, they both have four. They both have four. They both yeah, they both have four. Okay. I just looked at Rangers, like cool. Yeah, Yeah, I was like, I thought Rangers only had the three. Rangers comes out next week, so so right. Yeah, I've been doing my research. Cool, cool, cool.
2: Um, So (laughs) that was a shit show.
0: Um,
1: I liked it.
2: (laughs) So at first level, when you first dive into Paladin, uh, we're going to start getting into these special class abilities here. Um, You get your Doppler Radar effect for all things uh, evil and icky. Um, this is your divine sense in a 60-foot radius around you. Um, you could detect any celestial fiend or undead or any hallowed or desecrated ground.
0: You also get to know what type they are too, right? Yeah,
2: but not their specific identity, which means if you are a smart DM and your party is chasing, say, a vampire,
0: have that vampire throw other vampires in the way as distractions. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you can do that. See... Uh, I, see Look, this is where I say, Dan is going to say paragon of good over and over again in this episode. You can detect celestials. You can detect celestials. So, I mean, you can still be bad. And this is, they include celestial in a lot of this, saying that, hey, you know what? You can be evil and go fight against Mount Celestia, mm-hmm. and it's perfectly fine. Yeah, exactly.
1: So I forget to use this one on a regular basis. Yeah. Not because I just forget about it, but more because for a long time I didn't find it useful. Because, can someone explain to me and, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but if they're under total cover, you can't see them. So, what does total cover mean to you? So, if you're in a dungeon and you're in a room and you decide to try and use it, can you only detect what is in that room that is not invisible? Or is this, like, you 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 go through a wall? Like, what is total cover to you what, guys? What,
0: what's interesting to me is that I say that it works in an open marketplace as people are walking around. Yeah. But it and like in a ballroom, you can detect who the vampire is. Mm-hmm. However, in a dungeon, total cover—like they're down the there's a hallway at ninety degrees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't sense them around the corner in okay. the dungeon. So this feels, and this is my point about the marshal. Do you consider these guys to be yeah. marshal or not? They really do feel more role play heavy than any of the other um, big fighty classes. Your barbarian, your fighter, and your ranger—they all have potential. But Paladin has built right in that yeah. they've got some role play to them. And it's not, ha ha, defeat evil. Yeah. Right? It, there's more to it than that. right? And yeah.
1: Their background for sure leads into it. Because if you're thinking of Divine Sense as one of their abilities, to your point, they're standing in a marketplace. They just have this innate sense and ability to pick out maybe whether their eyes glow or whether they're...
0: Just the way they're carrying themselves. themselves. Like, like they have that I, I, so I, like,
2: to, I like to point out. If you are in a room with full of vampires and some of them are invisible, you could detect them with this. So
1: invisibility doesn't count as. Total I
2: would cover. say I would say invisibility doesn't count as full as total cover. Yeah. Okay. I would say that. Okay. Really? Yes. Because the rules for total cover are completely different than the rules for invisibility. Mm. Total cover gives you plus five to your AC and uh, doesn't give you a disadvantage to hit. Invisibility specifically gives you a disadvantage to hit, and that's it. I'm looking it up. Yeah, so uh, I, I would say if you're standing in a room full of invisible undead or invisible fiends, you could detect that they're around. It's the smell of brimstone or the smell of death in the area
0: and you being able to figure it out.
1: So maybe you could sense it, but would you say that they can pinpoint where they are?
0: Specifically, it says a target with total cover can't be targeted directly by an attack or a spell, although some spells can reach such a target by including it in an area of effect. Mm. A target has total cover if it is completely concealed by an obstacle. Okay. So there has to be a physical barrier. Exactly. And, and I would say that things like Wall of Force would be... Oh, good. yeah, like a, a Wall of Flame even I would give you because like the, the heat would ruin Bonfire? your senses. Yeah. Right? So um, I, fire is a little iffy for me, um, but I, I think that if you can perceive it, you can see it enough, then I impose three quarter cover on maybe a bonfire, but wall of flame, it does say wall right in it, right? Yeah. Like, no, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Mm. So, uh, yeah,
2: I, 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 it's horribly underused and far more powerful than Detect Evil, which was back in the day. Like their back in the day ability of Detect Evil was the thing that a lot of people always used all the time. And this one is not used as much, but far more powerful because it also lets you detect sacred, or desecrated grounds.
0: Yeah, the other thing about it too is that you can use it a number of times equal to one plus your charisma
2: modifier. Oh, your charisma modifier as paladins is your highest stats. If we haven't said that yet, we're saying it now. Yeah, It's your highest stat. That is your main
0: stat. You're going to have it a minimum of four times because you probably have a plus three plus the one, right? Yeah. So four to six times... Per short rest. Uh, no, per, oh, long, long, per rest. long rest. So that's that's amazing to use. I, I think that that's so much more powerful than blowing a spell slot on detect evil or good, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, next, you get your Lay
2: on Hands, which is where you get a pool of healing power of five times your paladin level. Um, you get to expend this by touching a creature, and then you could choose as an action to... Uh, Divvy out as many of those hit points as you want to that creature, um, up to the maximum amount you're allowed by your limits of your pool, you which, can, which is again paladin five, level plus five or times, times five. five. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm.
2: basically every level you get, you get five, uh, and you can spend five hit points to cure any disease or remove any poison on a on a player. And at level one, this is this is where my problem with paladins comes in. At level one, if you have a paladin in the group. You can neutralize disease and neutralize disease and poison, whenever you want. This comes back
0: at a long rest, as well. Which means that if you have it, uh, how, many, how many times can you use it? Um, your pool. Oh, you're right. Your pool. So there's no limitation. How many times you, you can no. you can heal one person here, one person there yep. for one hit point, point. and this this will bring someone up from unconsciousness too. Yeah. This this stops death saves. Yeah. You walk
2: over, and as an action, you touch that, you know, pesky rogue that kept on getting hit by the Balrog. Well, guess what? It, it has a hit point. And it's not doing death saves anymore.
1: Which I love with the Paladin, because you don't get cantrips, so you can't take Spare the Dying. Exactly. So.
0: Yeah. I don't know. This always feels overpowered to me for the first two tiers. And then by tier three, it matters it does. less. Yeah. yeah, it
1: matters less. Sure. I, I agree. I use it less now at a higher level as a Paladin than I did at first couple of levels.
2: Which... Which... I mean, it's kind of weird because you get like five times your power level. That scales incredibly. Oh. Yeah,
0: but but by tier three, you're getting hit for forty three damage around, which is half of your pool, yeah. right? You can get hit by something like a Balrog. It's not inconceivable that you're going to run up against a Merilith who's just going to go on my turn. I get seven attacks. Bang 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 bang. Right? You're just like, ow, fuck, ow. Uh, I feel better. Next.
1: Yeah, it's not like a, a, a breathtaking amount of like, like health at that point once you're at higher level yep. but the one that I keep forgetting about and again I, when I went through this to do my research I was like I forgot about a lot of things that I could have been doing and, I, and
2: I'm, like, as, I'm like as someone who is playing in the party of your paladin uh, I went through this and went fucking Megan no and fucking that's true Megan, and even like I was thinking Megan. in my head the
1: whole time I was reading this I was thinking Adam must fucking hate me
0: I was no like, Adam, Adam loves you like, <laughs> Adam loves you because yeah, <laughs> you're not doing any of the stuff that I'm like alright I desire how many times has someone dropped in the party and I've just sat there and been like oh shit how did he get to this Megan <laughs> But no Okay so the thing About lay on hands About a curing Diseases and, and poisons You'll notice that It doesn't uh, And or doesn't Remove curses No Which yeah. is Which is a big thing It doesn't get rid of Status effects Right It, yeah, it, it used to get rid of Like paralyzed And exhaustion. It, it doesn't even get rid of The poisoned Condition It gets rid of You are no longer You no longer Have uh, Are under the effect Of a poison so if the poison is doing two rounds of damage every turn, that ends. If you're, whatever, like, poison damage. This or- is that ambiguity of poison that you hate and have brought up on
2: multiple things. I would say you could cure the poison condition with this. As a DM, I would run it that you could. But uh, I understand where you're coming with this one. Because, again, it's that ambiguity of, is it a poison? Is it the poisoned condition? Is it poison damage? What's going on?
0: Yeah, okay, sure. I would say, though, I would also rule that this cures drunkenness. Yeah. That's a poison. It's poison. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I would very much include that the barbarian is drunk and talking too much. Wander over, lay on hands for five points. And okay, sober up faster.
1: Yes, sober.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Playing the group's alcoholic. Why did you just tell
2: the paladin that?
1: I know? I'm so <laughs> excited. <laughs> but it was definitely the cure poisons and cure effects is a piece that I always forgot. Like yeah. I used lay on hands a lot at the beginning and then it died down because the effect was not as great as it once was, and my healing spells were better.
0: Yeah. But um Would you guys have this cure addiction? Oh, hell no. Addiction is a disease.
1: Mm, But then we get into a whole mental health process.
2: And you get uh, at level one, your paladin is able to just hand wave per day. One one person per day, hand wave addiction. No,
1: I feel like it would be able to cure the effects of your addiction in the moment. But I don't think it could cure the addiction. Because that's a mental thing. That's not...
0: I okay, I would say yes, you're right. It cures the DTs. Yeah. You're not gonna have the shakes as you sober up. Yeah. Right? You're you don't have the chemical dependence. I can help you get it. through it, right? However, you are gonna sit there and be like, I'm stressed and I need a cigarette. And,
2: and I it's don't a know stress what to
0: do about thing. it. Yeah. 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 So okay. Cool. Um at second level you get your fighting style. We talked a
2: little bit about this, but a lot of the paladin fires fighting styles are all but one are tilted towards being a protector. You have defense where you get plus one if you're uh, to your AC if you're wearing armor. You get dueling where you get plus two to damage rolls on your weapon as long as you're not wielding another weapon. You can wield a shield though and it still works. And you get protection, which is uh, whenever you see a creature, um, you can impose disadvantage on attacks that uh, attack someone else next. Beside you, Beside you, within five feet. Yeah, the the fourth one and the one I absolutely love is great weapon. Uh, fighting when you roll a one or two on a on damage dice on a two handed or versatile weapon when you're wielding it with two hands. Yeah. I emphasize because if you are wielding a longsword with one hand, you cannot re-roll your dice. Yeah. Even if you have this, um, but you get to re-roll those uh, ones and twos on damage dice for the f- for the first time, and then uh, take the second, of course.
1: Yeah. So I have some feelings on these, um, mostly because I took protection. All the time as a paladin, I've taken it. You have to look at the dynamics of your party.
0: Oh, you don't use it nearly <laughs> enough.
1: If you have a party that is all ranged, it is not going to work in your. Time.
0: Yeah, you're in a party with a ranged
2: fighter, a wizard, and, and a rogue a, a who used mage hand to and and spells because he so was an arcane. I fixer. do
1: not get to use it to, for the <laughs> attack I want because I built I built a paladin specifically to be very like protection based. That yeah. was her oath and her thing. That's what she loved. So the fact that I took protection. It didn't do anything for me, and I don't use it. So the only time I really get to use it is if there's an NPC fighting with us who happens to be beside me.
2: I I think the last time I remember you using that was like the second session of the campaign.
1: Right? And sometimes when the rogue character was stupid and got too close. Exactly.
2: At second level, you get spellcasting. Your spellcasting is based off your uh, charisma modifier. You get charisma plus uh, half your paladin level rounded down spells that you can prepare off the paladin um, spell list every day. Uh, you To prepare your spells, it takes one minute per level of spell that you are preparing. Um, I found that very interesting when I was reading. That's a new little tidbit of information for me because it's not the hour of prayer and meditation that clerics need. It's not the hour of study that wizards need. It is a minute per spell level of spell that you are preparing. I love that. Um, your saves are based off your wisdom. Um, oh, sorry, based off your charisma, as is every like your charisma spellcaster. And you only get five levels of spell slots. Man, Which is I'm one of the so... lowest,
1: isn't it? What the spell the, the spell slot capabilities? Five is the lowest. Uh, no, rangers
0: <laughs> and rangers and paladins. Yeah, and, and, no, and warlocks. Um. Warlocks, yes, but warlocks War, do get nine w- w- spell warlocks spell. with an asterisk, yeah. right? Like, cool. yeah. But on the spell pro- progression table, you're right. Slowest. Right? Well, well, it's it's the same as rangers. It is the slowest with rangers. Because
1: right? it's like the, every, every second or third level you get the increase, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm so tired of charisma-based spellcasting. There's a lot of it. That's all there is in 5th Ed. I mean, you get the odd cleric or wizard, right? But everything else. I really feel... Where's our intelligence? Can we not say, hey, these guys are good battle tactics and that's what their smites are, or they know from their studies that they can do? Can we have not put a bit of a wizard spin on paladins a little bit cons- considering we're no longer truly divine? Why did it have to go charisma? As- I, w-
2: I would love to see an oath that is more of an arcane-trained paladin. I mean, yeah, that's very gishy, and why do- why wouldn't you just play... It's an Eldritch a- Knight. Why wouldn't you just play an Eldritch Knight? But uh, with a paladin... Tw- uh, Uh, lean to it, I would love to see an intelligence based one where your oath makes it intelligence rather than charisma. I don't see a reason why your subclasses can't twist that.
1: I just imagined a science paladin.
2: He's up there with
0: heavy armor and, and thick glasses. Right, thick glasses. And he's just got beakers and stuff in his bag. His, his Bibles, has got pocket protector. Yeah. And, yeah, his pens. His divine
2: senses. Um, actually. Yeah. Um, oh my god. Can we build this? Yes, yes we can. Um, now, I cast Smite. <laughs>
1: being offensive to every nerd everywhere,
2: and I'm sorry. <laughs> half of them are laughing with us; the other half are screaming. Really at it. But we'll still guys? continue to listen. Um, so here comes the thing I dislike about Paladin's Divine Smite. Um, it uses your spell slots to hit. Um, what are our options here? To hit uh, to do additional radiant damage um, on each weapon hit you have, as long as it's a melee weapon attack, um, and you get a bonus damage if it's fiend or undead so for every spell slot you get other than first you get to add 1d8 at first level if you're spending a first level spell slot you add 2d8 to a maximum of 5d8 which means if you are a paladin of level 13 or higher don't spend your fifth level spell slots on smites you can't Mm -hmm. you're not getting the benefit uh to the full extent there you are losing a d8 of damage just use your fourth and down
0: this stacks on top of your other smites though. Uh yes. So why not? Cuz those, those smites smites all You a bonus use can... you
2: use your spell slots to cast. Yeah. Um like uh what brandishing smite or or Bandish, banishing smite or whatever sure. that is. But then you have to spend another spell slot to get this. Sure. You don't put them both together. Yeah. So what I'm saying when you're spending a spell slot specifically for the class ability of divine smite, don't use a fifth Use your fifth for your bonus
0: action spell smites, not this. Yeah. You didn't even get fifth until level seventeen. Is it seventeen? Seventeen. Oh, okay. yeah.
1: It's it's very. High
0: yeah, you there. said thirteen, and I went. What,
2: what, what, no, no. What? Sorry. At thirteen, you get fourth level. I believe is what it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so just to go over that damage progression again, at first, at second level, when you are able to do this, you get two d eight damage for spending a first level splot, uh, spell slot. Every single spell slot after that, you get an additional d8 up until fourth because you have a max of 5d8 that you can use based on sacrificing spell slots. You get an additional d8 up to 68 if it's a fiend or an undead.
0: Not okay, so you get one more, which can make it up to you don't get an additional 68. Yeah, okay, so I hate that this is radiant and fiend and undead. This still feels like you should be able to do necrotic against celestials. It like it's overlooked the fact that we're not good. That we don't have to be lawful good anymore. It feels like sometimes they, they had that condition that originally in the first draft, and then they took that out and left some of the flavor text in later on. Yeah, no, right? it did And so I, I think it's really weird, and I as a DM would totally let the evil tiefling paladin be able to use do necrotic damage against celestials yeah instead. Right? That was
1: kinda like one of my my big questions around it, the whole lawful good nonsense of being a paladin was if you were to be playing someone who was evil or let's say you're a paladin who worshipped Tiamat, like would you give them the ability to do that kind of stuff? Because I feel like that's very fitting and it works, but mm-hmm. it still fits within the devotion of a paladin. But yeah. if you read every spell, everything that they write, every even the auras and the, the oaths oaths, they all lean towards the lawful good side.
0: The same way that warlocks all lean toward evil. Evil. It's written inherently into it in the text to to play it that way and I dislike that. So I would say that if you want to break out of the mold a little bit, if you're people that are looking at playing an evil party, don't even look at Paladin. I, I disagree. I know what I'm saying is, if you're going to look at it, Go over it with your DM and say, look, we change this flavor so I can play a paladin. Again? Yeah, because rules yeah. is
1: written, you you can't. But if you were to partner with your DM and your team and be like, hey, like this is what I really want to do. It's the same amount of damage. It's the same stuff. It's just against a different type of yeah. ghoul.
2: I would also look into, and we're not going to cover these oaths here, but go into the Oathbreaker Paladin that you find in the DMG. Go into uh, Oath of Conquest in Xanathars. These are other ways to play evil flavored paladins yeah we're
0: gonna do all that in a future
2: episode which we're gonna do in a future episode um so after you get your divine smites you get divine health you're immune to disease at third level you
0: can already get rid of it with five points of lay
2: on hands. yeah the point of what's the point of this ability
1: that you don't have to waste it on yourself
2: yeah but it's five points it's five points
1: how often is
2: this? This is this is this is my big contention with paladins. Um and I think it's a systemic problem with this with fifth edition itself. Poisons and diseases
0: are ill-defined. Are ill defined and useless by third level. It's like curses. Curses are useless by fifth level as well. Yeah. Right. So like or sorry, by fifth level, because you get level three spells, which is remove curse.
2: Diseases yeah. should be a Up until end of second tier threat. Poison should be an end of second
0: tier threat. You should be able to be level, you should have a level 20 wizard be killed because the assassin snuck in and poisoned his drink. And while he was busy reading, suddenly his heart stopped and down he went. Poison should be effective at all levels. There are even some things about the gods poisoning each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What the fuck is a level three paladin doing then that gods can't?
1: Yeah, I can cure you. My God, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this
2: this this bothers me in every way, shape, or form.
1: So, would you, in a game, say like this is not a thing you can do?
0: I would. Uh, uh, oh, no, no, no! I would absolutely say that this is something you can do. However, I, as a DM, would create levels of poison. Gotcha. And I would say, look, we're just going to scale this as we go. So by level twenty, all poison, sure, but uh, maybe when each. Spell slot opens up. Like, when you can cast fourth level spells, you get the fourth level of poisons you're immune to. Yeah. Something no, I'm like no, that. I'm
2: on board with something like that. Yeah, right little tweak. Yeah. Just,
0: it makes a little more sense. And then I would try to come up with an, with a bonus. Hey, you know what? You can also cure disease or it your lay on hands and, costs and, three. And make turn. disease, make curses, make poisons in your game actually
2: something that comes up. More than once a character is an interesting little arc.
0: And then it's never heard from again? Oh, my favorite thing... Look, okay, look. If you've got Lay on Hands and you walk in as level 13 paladin, you have 65 um, points in your pool for Lay on Hands. And I'm sitting there going, okay, so that's 13 people you can heal a day. You've walked into a town of about 850 people, all suffering from some sort of blight. And it takes about three days for you to catch it, and it's highly infectious. You cannot cure the whole town. Sure enough. That is how I counter this lay on hands nonsense. By giving it to populations, not PCs. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, So at you also at third level get your sacred oath. We'll
2: cover that in just a minute. However, I do want to point out you get your uh, oath spells, which we'll cover shortly. But you also get channel divinity, which means once per day um, as a long or short rest you get one of your channel uh, divinity options that your oath gives you. Your oaths don't specifically tell you how many you get. So I wanted to mention it now that you get one a day for the rest of your class. You never get two.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So before we move on to, I wanted to go back to just quickly to smites because something came up in my research that I wanted to ask you guys about. So a lot of paladin spells and things that they do, do require concentration, such as like their bless and stuff, and you'll get it to Some of their later. auras
0: do as well. Exactly, yeah.
1: right? Um, Smites require concentration. Pardon? Yep.
0: Divine smite does not, however.
1: So things like your banishing smite... Oh yeah, other things like that, they do require concentration. So they're, they're the higher spell like smites that yeah. do require it. They're
0: the ones that do an
2: additional little thing. Like, if you move again, you're going to explode.
1: Exactly, right? And I, I never actually mentally took that into account for the newer ones that I was taking as I was getting like higher in level. A
0: lot of people treat all smites like divine smite, where they have to blow the spell slot once. But if you're going to blow a second level spell slot to get, I forget what it is, brandishing smite or whatever it is, yeah. at second level, and you concentrate for up to a minute... You do that on every round. You don't have to blow that spell slot over and over and over you, again it's like there. you do with Divine Smite. Yeah. The class ability, you have to blow it every round. But the spell lasts for a duration. Yeah,
1: so if like you cast it on yourself and you try to hit and you miss two times, whatever, move on next round. If you hit, you get it. This, this, is like,
0: this is another thing. Yes, you're absolutely right. This yeah. is another thing that I feel like we should have used a different word. For Divine Smite. Yes. Right. We should have it should have, the or Divine for the SmackDown, spells. right? Yeah. Or for the spells.
2: Change the word of the spells because smite has been a paladin thing forever.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, but keep, look all the smites are paladin only spells. I'm fine with calling the spells the smite spells smites. But yeah, no, I'm I agree. The
1: divine smite piece probably should have been something completely. Divine different SmackDown. Because you would consider them to be the same. Divine and Wedgie. If I didn't actually read the details of Banishing Smite, which is the tickets. one I was thinking of taking. I, it's a concentration. So if I was to have a Bless Up or a Bane Up or something like that, I I would lose it you if lose I was it. to yeah. use a Smite.
0: Which is, yeah, except for Divine Smite, right? So I feel like that's, yeah, which but... is why I would want Divine Smite to be called Divine Bitch Slap.
1: <laughs> Can you please just, re- I'm going to rename it to that whenever I decide to use
0: it. <laughs> I'm a
2: Bitch Slap, you motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> never do that again. <laughs> At fourth level, you get your ability score improvement. We're just going to move on. Everyone knows what that is. Um, Sacred Oaths, so you didn't go through it. The Oath Spells. Uh, we're going to cover the oath spells when we do the oaths.
0: Oh yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, but, but again, you do get this little pool of, of additional spells that you get automatically that don't count towards your prepared spells level.
0: Yeah, that are part of your subclass, and you get two at fifth level, third level, ninth level, thirteenth level, and seventeenth level. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So really, every odd numbered level except for one, eleven and nineteen. Yeah. Okay. At uh, fifth level,
2: you get your extra attack, which really tracks with the um, a stand in the front row and attack things. Every other one gets it. Fighters get it. Barbarian gets it. It makes sense that paladins get it. Even rangers get it. So,
1: um I have heard the argument that like other people that play paladins hate it. Not hate it in the sense that they get it, but hate it in the sense that if you're thinking of the other martial classes that are meant to be fighting, they can get up to four. Whereas like Uh, only
2: fighters, only fighters, only fighters can. That is that is the specific fighter benefit.
1: Yeah, but uh, like paladins have the least amount for being a martial fighter. It's the same
0: as
2: rangers. It's it's exactly the same as rangers. Rangers. The same as barbarians. barbarians. Oh, really? I thought
1: barbarians had more. No, no. I think
2: that Uh, even even uh, hexblade warlocks, which get this at fifth level as well, yeah, uh, with thirsting blade, only get the two.
3: Oh,
0: yeah. The idea that you can do more. Comes from uh, also monks get a shit ton of attacks with all their key points and flurry of blows. Yeah. And also you can use an offhand weapon if you're going to do that. True. And there's not a huge benefit to a paladin to be wielding two light weapons when you have all these other options. Yeah. I would rather use a great sword and two weapon, or in great weapon fighting yeah. than using two weapon fighting with two short swords. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't make as much sense to me to, to build that kind of character. So I wouldn't. So I'm only getting two attacks with this. Yeah. But you're using your bonus attacks on your freaking smite. So what are you doing? (laughs) Stop it. Just smite.
2: You want want to have a 45 second workday with a paladin? Go with your uh, two weapon fighting paladin and just smite every single time. You will blow through your spell slots like no one else. Yeah. Right. You will you will have the third round of combat, and all you will be able to do is base weapon damage for the rest of the day.
1: But that's what I mean is eventually you get to the point where you are just doing base weapon damage. With for a, a paladin, is not a whole heck of a lot. No,
2: it's not until you get to uh, about a level eleven, and yeah. then you have some supplement there. But uh, for the most part, you're completely right. Like. Yeah. It's 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 pretty brutal, but I mean you get you get the two attacks, so at yep. least at least you're not a wizard. There you go. Um, at sixth level, you get aura of protection, which um, all of your allies standing within ten feet of you gets your charisma bonus to their saves, including you. This is just too early. At sixth level, it's too early. I think it's on
0: par, but only because it's a ten foot aura. It's too early. It it that that's all there is to it because it's. Saving throws. It's the fact that it's any. If it was charisma or or mental throws or physical throws, if there was a limiter to it, I would say, sure. Yeah. But the idea that you can hit the whole party, that, that fireball trap, the delayed fireball goes off, and you're just like, nope, everybody, everybody do this at sixth level. Right. People don't have 30 hit points yet, and they're, and they're doing it. It's my, just too early. My only argument to that is because their entire
2: main damage focus is based off their spell slots and the fact that you will burn through them quickly as being a, you know, using them for your divine smites, you're going to get to a point where the only thing you're there there is to protect your party. Make support. Right? And Which means you are standing there within 10 feet as many people as you can with your shield and making sure you're at least close enough to the rogue to pull them into your protection fighting style whenever you're there.
1: I do kind of agree, though, that it should be nerfed in some way, shape, or form. Not, or, not,
0: or just level eight.
1: Yeah, not necessarily the level, but I yeah. feel like if you did something along the lines of if you are occupied by something or are doing something that you're focusing on, it doesn't trigger.
2: I would I would honestly swap Aura of Courage
0: and Aura of Protection. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I like that better. I'm Yeah, sure. Well, fuck, why not?
1: But no, like I, I feel like it just comes down to it, it's a very powerful thing to use when you are in a party that does stupid things.
2: Yes. And Which, that then, is our
1: party in a very, in a nutshell.
2: And 80% of all parties out there.
1: <laughs> so I do agree. Look, because in my mind, if my character is holding onto a rope with five people dangling from them trying to climb up a mountain and a rock slide happens... You know what I mean? Like, I am occupied trying to hold on to this rope. It's a concentration,
0: right? I love the idea of of the wrong. Like, hey, can I get this this bonus? Um, (laughs) Occupado. Occupado. That's what I
1: mean. It's like, in my mind, if I am not concentrating on protecting my team because I am doing something, it shouldn't trigger.
0: I'm sitting right right now trying to flip through, uh, and I'm looking for other sixth-level class features in anything else that is just a base class feature. And I'm having trouble finding anything. There's nothing, like, I don't know why this is 6th level for uh, for the paladin, because there's always something for 3rd, 4th, 5th, and then it usually jumps to 8th or ninth.
1: I, I do agree with Dan where I feel like it comes down to the fact that at some point paladins do kind of become useless if they are in a big battle and they blow through all their smites and now they're just doing base damage. Their support character, like, needs to shine somehow. And this does that for
2: yeah, them. Yeah, when you have one channel divinity and... You know, a f- incredibly finite amount of smite, uh, spell slots that you could burn through super quick as a paladin. Mm. If
0: you were burned through all I mean, of your I'm spell sorry, slots... i then... I don't have any, any patience for that nonsense. It's no different than... Like, I hear what you're saying. Yes, you're going to burn through them quickly. You're also going to burn through your metamagic right you're also going to burn through your, your your warlock spell slots your yeah. warlock spell slots yeah. you're going to burn through your key points you're burning through I mean, this is why we have resource management aspects Yes, you burn through your rages right like for like warlocks and um sorcerers and those
2: ones that we mentioned they're burning through a resource that they get on top of another resource whereas all of the paladin's abilities are tied to the same resource and that's where my problem is right monks kind of fit in the same thing we had this discussion when we talked about monks. monks but your problem was monks had too large of a resource when it came to their key points yeah um my problem is, is paladins have too small of a resource when it comes to their smites but i like how many spell slots they get mm-hmm. i feel like there should be a separate pool for the smites entirely the problem shouldn't be tied
0: to spell okay, slots. okay i i agree with you the problem is now you're juggling lay on hand pool smite pool and spell slot pool and i think that's too much yeah that paperwork's up there
2: um anyways uh at 10th level you get your aura of courage
0: all right hold on just just as a just as a i found i found one bards at sixth level get counter charm Mm. which means that you can i mean i know i know we covered this in the bard episode but if someone tries to charm you you go ah no counter that is not equal to all right everybody get a plus five to your saves every save That's just not on par for six level, which is why I say 8th or ninth. I'm fine with the thing itself or swapping it for Courage, like you said. Yeah. But I I don't know. It's just a weird design Um, to me.
2: The only other thing I really don't like about it is it's only 10 feet. It never scales higher than that. You're a level 20 uh, paladin. Sure, yeah. You
0: know what? Make it 5 feet and and then instead of this Aura of Courage bullshit... You know, make that 10 feet and then 15 feet later and 20 feet. Yeah, after. let it get it, slowly it, bigger.
1: It does scale at 18th level.
2: Oh, at 18th level, it gets to 30 to feet. 30, feet. yeah. Yeah, but we should work our way towards we should it. work your like way that up to better. It. Yeah. it goes from 10 to 30 right near your capstone.
1: Yeah, once you hit 18, you're just like, oh man, I'm of age. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Oh, I could buy oh. smokes and all my friends are better because I'm pretty.
0: <laughs> I love pornography. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you, hit, you hit 18th level and your aura drops and suddenly your voice deepens. <laughs> I love it. So when you hit spiritual puberty... Yeah. Um, so at 10th level you get aura
2: of courage, which anything within 10 feet of you can't be frightened if you're conscious. It should be noted that if you're conscious... If you
0: are conscious. And Not, that's the same for aura of uh, protection. And And again... When we went over our thing about all the healing spells and whatnot, we did that special, right? When you're conscious does not necessarily mean when you have one or more hit points. You can be at zero hit points and conscious Conscious sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So be clear about that. Yeah. At level 11, you get Improved
2: Divine Smite, which adds a standard stock 1d8 to all of your melee attacks. Across the board. Sure my favorite. When you use your <laughs> divine, a divine Smite ability that you get at level 2, it adds on top of this d8. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so you just get a permanent you one You just d8 get a d8
2: permanent 1d8 to all damage. This is when doing your 3 weapon with specifically melee, melee weapons. Yeah, All of this is specifically with melee. You cannot smite with a bow and arrow. You can with the spells. You can with spells. But yeah. standard stock paladin, you can't. Unless it's melee. At 14th level, and I'm going to uh, look over at our level 17 Paladin very, very, very judgmentally here as I re- read this one out. At 14th level, you get Cleansing Touch.
0: Sponge Bath. The which... F- the, the feature.
2: Yeah, yeah. Sponge Bath, the feature. Um, a number of times equal to your Charisma modifier that regenerate on a long rest, you can remove any ongoing spell effect on yourself
0: or one willing creature. No save... You just do it. First of all, okay. First of all, it takes an action to do it. Yeah. Second, you can end one spell on yourself or one willing creature. I am going. That you touch. That you touch. Look, fuck. That is intense. That is absolutely intense. If, here's my question. If you are in what's the what's on Soul Cage, Mm -hmm. where you are suddenly you see the uh, uh, the. Falsified surroundings, and you think you're on top of a pillar surrounded by lava and whatnot. Yeah. And if you step outside, you take a shit ton of psychic damage and shit, right? Do you know, and that you like you've been fooled? If you are charmed and you don't know you're charmed, can you willingly be healed from that? I would say because you yes. don't know, right? And this is where I, I I don't think that I think it should say or an it should just be an ally, not a willing creature, but an ally. Yeah. Right. And that that removes some of this ambiguity, ambiguity there yeah. because I'm going to get really. If someone is unconscious, are they a willing creature? If someone is asleep, are they a willing creature? If someone is drunk, do if someone is drunk, can they give consent? Um. Okay. Try lightly, Dan. I'm going this to try lightly. Light- My first aid.
2: <laughs> uh, so anyone who's taken first aid training will know that if someone is unconscious. Um, consent to aid them is implied by their unconsciousness
0: in Canada. In is that not an American thing? No. Oh no, wow! No, no, you can be straight up sued for giving someone CPR. <laughs>
1: it's true.
3: I
0: love but, Canada.
1: Okay, in Paladin's defense, and the fact that my Paladin does not use this that often,
2: fucking ever. Here is the defense not story. once. <laughs> okay, let me not. Fucking once have you ever used the I ability. will
1: rewind all the way back to when we were talking about... Uh, how
2: how often Locky is the target
0: of spell effects? Right, often right next to his paladin friend? Uh, oh, and again, it does say one spell. One spell. Which means you have to choose which spell if there's more than one going on. And that doesn't include things like um, if you are charmed by someone's innate uh, ability to if a monster can just hand wave and you and you uh, can't get rid of a Medusa's petrification exactly right with this well and it's not conditions either it has to be a spell. spell right so if the spell is actively giving you a condition actively round after round and you're constantly rolling saves then yes but if you have failed against that feature and you are now stung, you are not under the effect of a spell this won't work yeah you've yeah. been
1: affected by that spell yeah but like Anything that technically Locky was affected by, I don't think it would have worked. And that's why I never used it.
0: You guys rarely got hit by spells. Spells. You guys were always hit by, oh, you walked through a ghost,
2: you asshat. As as someone playing a gnome who rarely gets to roll his advantage versus spells, yeah, no, I'm aware. And
1: not only that, but again, in my defense, when we are in the throes of battle, (laughs) when spells would give you an effect of some kind that I could potentially cleansing touch, I am... Face to face with the monster, y'all thirty feet back.
0: Thirty feet, nothing. He's hundred and ten feet back. How am I going to touch hey, you? am <laughs> with, with his gonna... face, with his face in a barrel, with snorting narcotics. Within a round, to. I will be
2: hundred and ten feet with my face in a barrel, snorting narcotics, right up next to it,
0: hitting it, and then another twenty feet away, shooting it with a, I'm a just crossbow. Saying, like
1: never really an opportunity for me to use it.
0: But remember, your hit and run doesn't count because the Paladin has to use an action to do this. Yes. Right, so like this is okay, but it, it feels like it's something that should happen after, after battle. a battle or yeah. during a role play. Yep, yeah. not, not mid battle because I, I would think much that's, rather be smiting.
2: I think that's one of the reasons why you have such a limited pool of it. Like you have your charisma modifier and that's it. Yeah, right. Like so you can clean up everybody once, yeah, right,
0: if everybody's charmed. Yeah, yeah. so um, and that's it for stock paladins. Well, okay, so, except for their spells, Adam, their spells. The paladin-only spells. Now, they have a bunch of other ones, and they they are divine spellcasters, right? So here's what they get in alphabetical order. Aura of Life, Aura of Purity, Aura of Vitality. These are all level four and level three, so you're not getting these until much later. You get Banishing Smite, Blinding Smite, Branding Smite, Circle of Power, Compelled Duel, Crusader's Mantle. I didn't know that was paladin-only. I'm a little surprised Hmm. by that. Destructive Wave, which is my favorite on this list. Uh, you get uh, Divine Favor, Elemental Weapon, Find Greater Steed, Find Steed, uh, Searing Smite, Staggering Smite, thunderous Smite, and Wrathful Smite. Uh, there are a lot of smites. So, are you looking up Destructive Wave, Dan?
2: I'm, I'm looking up Destructive Wave, but that is not just the PHB spells.
0: Uh, seems likely. Let me check my notes. Uh... Let me check my notes. That
2: will also include, because Find Greater Steed, I believe, is Xanathar's.
0: Yeah, this is Xanathar's and Player's Handbook. Yeah. So um, let me tell you all about Destructive Wave. Because this is my favorite. It's a fifth level spell, right? So you're not getting this until... Level 17. Yeah, way later. Uh, you strike the ground, creating a burst of divine energy that ripples outward from you. Each creature you choose, that you choose, within 30 feet of you, must succeed on a constitution save. Or take 5d6 thunder damage, as well as 5d6 radiant or necrotic, your choice. And be knocked prone. A creature that succeeds, only takes half damage, and doesn't get knocked prone.
1: I would like to happily announce that I took this spell. Yes!
0: (laughs) As the party rogue, yes!
1: Well, because I looked at banishing smite, and I was like, do I want that? And then we talked about it, and it doesn't work the way that, in our game, the way that we want it to. So I was like... F it. <laughs> I'm going to take this.
0: I'm so happy you've taken this. <laughs> it, it, it's it's a load of fun because, I mean, 10d6. Just boom! Yeah. Right? This is your, oh, I'm sorry, wizard, you fireballed? Uh, stand back, let me show you the thing. And this is people you choose. So you can have it not be... This should just be named Ouch Aura. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: uh, everything of Paladin's an aura, yeah,
0: including this spell. It's okay. a 30-foot radius around you. It's an aura of ouch. So um, overall, I guess, are we going to roll dice on this, Dan, to see what we think about Yeah, the stock I, I definitely want
2: to do that. So uh, everybody grab your dice. You guys, neither of you picked the dice I set out for you. No. That's because you cursed him. Oh, yeah. I was really hoping you would roll a six. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so Adam and
2: I both rolled a six, so we got to roll again. Adam got a natural 20. So Megan, your first thoughts about the standard stock paladin.
1: Um, I feel like we covered a lot of my likes and dislikes of everything individually. Um, but I feel like as a whole, I enjoy the Paladin as a character to play, mostly because you are forced to roleplay things specifically a little bit more stronger, Mm -hmm. and it's a good practice roleplaying one, because it is very specific. So if you are not a good roleplayer, such as myself, this one forces you to roleplay in a way that is more structured to its alignment.
2: I just witnessed in our last game, you sit down for an uh, interrogation, <laughs> and I would like to point out, in a fully role encounter you fucking crushed it. Oh, no, thank so, you, Brenda. this, this, I'm not good at role-playing
0: things. <laughs> I call bullshit. That was some great <laughs> d and, and And for clarity, you were being interrogated. Yes. I know. As a paladin. And could not lie. I, I
1: know. It was good. Yeah. Um, But honestly, I've been playing my paladin for, what now, a year? Over a year? Yep. And I would say that I have improved over the year that I've been playing this character, specifically because you're forced to roleplay a specific way for a while until you evolve as a character. And I felt that, yes, my character has evolved and I've evolved with her, but I started off with, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, this is what my beliefs are, this is what I'm doing. I don't have to make shit up. Mm-hmm. You you have a stock character literally to start with. Yeah. Based on your devotion, based on your oath, based on all those kinds of things. Yeah, so... and you
0: get tenets of your oath, and you've got your background. Like it's all laid out. It's for all you. laid
1: out for you. You yeah. don't really have to think very hard with a paladin when you start,
0: I and that's them. why I like them. Yep, yeah, no, I'm with you, Adam. Yeah. Uh, I don't like this half commitment to gods. That is my issue with it. I'm fine with the lo- like. I've come. I've had a couple little complaints about it, but these are weird design complaints. Overall, I would like to play a paladin. I hate DMing against them because it does make your life difficult. Um, much like I don't like DMing against rogues, rogues or bards. They're just, generally speaking, you have to have a new mentality. And I'm constantly coming up with new and interesting ways to get past, oh, you're really freaking good at this one thing. Mm-hmm. Right? How So I can never do this, so what am I going to do instead? Mm-hmm. I need a different toolbox, right? So uh, it makes me grow as a DM. I don't think a lot of DMs have it in them to do that. The patience to sit down and go, okay, look, how was the paladin designed? What is the party dynamic? Because I will spend 20 hours a week going, aura of courage.
1: Megan will never use this, yeah. so we're good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
0: you spend 20 hours a week on going, right, her entire party's ranged. Never, never mind. mind. <laughs> but But I sit down and believe me, I have it built into my encounters that if this comes up, there's a contingency, hmm. right? But I don't think that a lot of people have the the ability to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To decide, can we reward this? If you chose this class, you took it for a reason, and that's to help everybody else. So I can't take away all of your aura shit all of the time. When can I and when can't I, right? It is your lay on hands that prompted me to create an entire area where healing and resurrection could not happen.
1: <laughs> and Be- we had it. A- Character death that day. <laughs> I just wanted to
0: ramp up the the fright factor of it, mm-hmm. right? But it was because we had a paladin in the party. True. Right? Um, anyway, so overall, I like it, but I don't like this this half commitment to gods. As much as it says in all the flavor text, uh, everything about... Um, uh, sorry, where is it? Whether sworn before a god's altar or the witness of a priest, right? And it's, uh, on and on, nature spirits and fey beings and... Look either do it or don't. Don't say divine sense, divine smite, divine health, channel divinity, improve divine smite, and, and you're always using your, your divination through it on and on and on, but you're not talking about the gods themselves. You don't have a holy symbol. There, I feel like every paladin chef, iconography of their god on their shield and their breastplate, and probably at the base of the blade of their sword, or maybe on, on the pommel of the hilt, mm-hmm. right? Like they're they should be wearing a helmet with a great big praise paylor on top of it and a neon sign is always like spinning so they should have that that level of it if they're going to be this divine in the flavor text so i would suggest remove the divine and go with the oaths and the tenets mm-hmm. which we do in the subclasses but the base way that it's written it just needs a little bit of an overhaul and i I think that this is a holdover from 3.5 and 4th edition. For sure. 100%. And, and I'm hoping that by the time that we move into 6th and 7th edition, we can leave this behind and start to look at the idea of being more aware of a planar perspective instead of maybe maybe gods. You're more connected to planes, uh, the way that rangers and druids are connected to nature. Yeah. Well, that's interesting, right? Just something else to give you these powers. You, these are still magical powers, but you're connected to the weave in a unique way. Like Whatever it is, whether I, I still like it being divine power, like divine magic. I just don't like it being. They should
2: be divine the same way that druids are divine, rather than the same way clerics are divine.
0: Yes, and because yeah. if you're going to go, if you're going to go the way with the gods, then just commit to it. And I'm fine with the way that it was. I'm okay with it being about the gods. Be a knight templar. That's really cool but don't i would I, like if your god is evil then be an evil paladin yeah just be within one step of whatever the morality is of the god mm-hmm. right instead of having to be lawful good right so okay. i don't know that's me there's a weird flavor thing and i would want to sit down with my dm and be like i like it but yeah, what can i enough. do here so fair enough
2: and that's all part of your session zero stuff for sure yeah uh, yeah yeah exactly
0: uh personally i i love the class
2: um there are some little weird things like it making disease irrelevant, um, it making poison irrelevant. Um, I actually like Aura of Protection, and I like where it is, um, but I, I do understand the argument uh, against that. Um, in terms of a class with the flavor, I absolutely love the knight character. I have always loved playing a knight character. Um and to me, fighters have never scratched that itch. When I think knight, I think paladin. I never think fighter. And I don't know why that is. Like uh,
0: It's because of the art in 3.5. You think? Fighter was wearing leather armor. And, and had two weapons. And had two weapons. Yeah. not well, maybe. I, and, th- and the paladin was a back a steed with glowing, gleaming armor <laughs> and a giant fuck-off shield. Yeah. <laughs> right? Please,
1: and, I was like a shield that just says fuck-off. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But I've I've also been
2: a massive like I'm a massive Arthurian legend nerd. I'm a like that guy to me. He could be a paladin. The the, 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 the the fighter, the the
0: fighter art for
2: he very well could be a paladin with that. He's walking around with his spear, shield, and his sword. But it ain't this. But he ain't that half orc paladin of Torm that you see in friggin' the paladin in the player's handbook. In in the player's handbook.
3: Yeah. Right.
2: So I mean, I love that idea of the character. I
0: mean, paladins have always been. Uh, right, I mean, I playing they lawful. Like I'd say they look like the cleric. The cleric looks like a paladin. If you had a shield, yeah, yep. It, like heavy armor is paladin, right? That's really the thing we're coming down to: heavy armor and shield equals knight, and also paladin. Yeah, that's
2: true. Uh, yeah, I'd also say equals cleric, just because of the past and what's in my head. I know clerics now don't even get heavy armor stock. They but... even get
0: shields. They must. Yes, they do. Yeah,
2: yeah. but. Um, Really, your only heavy armor-wearing classes in this book are fighter and paladin, out the gate.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You can get it in some subclasses, don't you? In some subclasses you do. Pa- uh, clerics get it in some subclasses. Uh, fighters, I believe, do. Well, fighters get it stock. Oh, all right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah fighters and paladins are the only ones. Warlock? Warlocks don't get heavy armor. Not even hexblade? Nope. No, none of that? They get medium. The highest that gets medium. Barbarians, the highest that gets medium.
0: There's got to be a ranger. Nope. I'm not that familiar with the Xanathars. Look, I don't do classes, guys. I'm a DM all the time. I never do that. I don't own a player's handbook. I, I own to... Monster Manual, Volos, and Mortenkind. That's, that's okay because I own four. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, so, yeah. This is my,
1: this is my one book.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we're going to hit a commercial real quick, and then we're going to bust open these player's handbook oaths. Um,
1: you focus so hard on saying that. Oaths. Yes. oaths. Oaths.
2: Oaths. 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 I like it. Anyways, a commercial. Are you
1: interested in advertising or becoming a sponsor on our show? Email us at info at itsamimic.com.
2: We are going to be moving on to discussing our each individual oaths. Did I say it right that time? The
0: subclasses, the oaths. I don't think you'll ever say it right. Oaths. 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 Oaths.
1: It's kind of like oats, but you like hold the tea a little bit longer in a softer way.
0: Oh oh Yeah, no. Yeah, but okay. that's fine. No. No, I'm good. Uh, I feel like you're saying with an L in it at this point. Oaths, is what you're saying.
2: Eh, we'll figure it out. Anyways, um, we each got to choose one. Uh, Paladins have three different subclasses in the uh, player's handbook, which...
0: Am I wrong? Is that rare? That seems rare. Like it, That's a lot. I mean, it's not like- rare, rare, but... There are some others that have it, but most of them have two. Like, yeah. not including
2: clerics and wizards, because woof. Like, but don't barbarians have two? Barbarians four? only have two in the player's handbook.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, shit. They have Totem and Berserker. That's it. Is it in the classes? It is, it is not in the table of contents. No. No.
2: All right. Your bards, only in the player's handbook, have lore and uh, valor. Valor, yeah. Yep. It, it's weird that paladins get three. Anyways, we're going to move on. I've got the Oath of... Vengeance. Adam,
0: what you got? I can wait until it gets to my turn in the initiative. Well, room.
2: no, fine. Let's roll dice and figure it out.
0: Okay. Roll well, another now six. Now you roll a six.
2: No, I rolled a six before. You bitch. So, Adam, what do you have with your 19 on the dice? <laughs> I mean, Megan I'll, got a 13. I'd hold my action, Dan. No, no. No, no, no. <laughs> none of that fucking
0: bullshit again. Is that an option? No. It is, it is, is not an option. Okay. Terry and I say it's an option. Dan, as. It it defeats the purpose of rolling the dice.
1: Yeah, I also agree with... I agree with Terry. Please don't tell him I said that you can cut this out. Um, (laughs) And that I hate going last. Because I'm always worried everybody's going to think of the same thing that I've thought of. And I'm like, patiently waiting for my turn. Yeah. yeah, Yeah.
0: No, it it, it bites. (laughs) Alright, so... uh, I've got Oath of the Ancients. uh, And I'm really excited about the Oath of the Ancients. Um... Because it, when I sat down, I went, oh, it's the druid paladin. But it's a little bit more than that. And the thing that I like about it is, I'm going to go through the, the tenets of it right now. But the idea is that this is one of the most ancient orders of paladins. Um, and as much as you're not you're not really a knight, so much as a champion of an overall cause. Yeah. And this is the only thing that I've found anywhere in the entire player's handbook that focuses on the concept of joy. Everything else is about wealth or, or overcoming adversity or you're being really good at one, at like one specific skill you may have. You're, you can steal really well or you can craft really well or you can meditate and get, like, the other things. This is about emotion, and I really like this. There are four tenets. Through your acts of mercy, the first one is kindle the light. Through your acts of mercy, kindness, and forgiven, you kindle the light of hope in the world and you beat back despair. This is about joy, and it is about hope. Dan, you always talk about how you like to be the hero character. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. The, he's here just to make the world better. The next one is shelter the light. The idea is that wherever there is anything good in the world, whether it's love or beauty or compassion, whatever it is, you ha- you're going to protect it. It's It's already there, but you're going to protect it. You preserve your own light. You know what makes you happy and you take delight in other things and you try to find more things to make you happy and you protect it. And you be the light. You are a glorious beacon and you help everyone else who feels any sort of dread or doom or despair and you you let light of your joy and courage shine forth in all your deeds. You are a hopeful leader. This isn't druid. This is when the universe was created and there was the upper planes and the lower planes and the Feywild and the Shadowfell and everything and the Primordial plane and elves came into being and, and gnomes were coming out of the Feywild and all this. Somebody stood up one day and said, look, let's do good. And here's how we're going to do it. And we're going to be unwavering in our morality to do it. This isn't about any gods. This isn't about any warlock patrons. We're doing this for ourselves and to make the world a better place. This is the Superman build. And I think that's so cool because I didn't know it existed until I started researching this. You do get uh, the ability to whoop some ass too. So you get a bunch of different spells. You get Ensnaring Strike and Speak with Animals, Misty Step, Moonbeam, Plant Growth, Protection from Energy, Ice Storm, Stone Skin, Commune with Nature, and Tree Stride. So it doesn't feel to me so much as the druid that's out there. See, my druids are dark and evil and Celtic. You know that they're sitting there smearing ash on their face as war paint mm-hmm. and chanting to the pagan gods. This feels more monk, but sitting down in a in a field and breathing deep and just saying, "This is okay. This is good. I have just spent enough time with nature. I don't know how the world works, and I've I have had all of this good karma that I'm given to people, and nature's paying me back with with this karma. I'm able to do trees right. I can commune with nature. I can speak with animals. Just because you know what you know what. I'm going to listen. I'm going to observe how they're moving, and I'm going to speak with animals. I feel like this is, I don't know, it's, it's its so neat and weird and cool. So one of the things that we mentioned earlier was Channel Divinity. Every subclass gets a couple of additional Channel Divinity options as well for, for the Paladin. Um, so you gain two. You get Nature's Wrath which means that you can essentially ensnare a foe with, um, like, spiritual ensnaring strike, essentially, where they've got to use either strength or dexterity. They can choose uh, to break free of these spiritual vines, essentially, that reach out and grab them. They're not real vines. This is the same thing as the spiritual weapon. Yeah. That. Um, and it's to a creature that's within 10 feet of you. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, hey, don't run away. I'm not done with you yet. Yeah. Right? Um, you can also turn the faithless... Which uh, you utter some ancient words uh, that are painful for fae or fiends to hear. And it, this was weird to me. Not undead, right? Fae or fiends. Fiends who are inherently evil no matter what. And fae who I feel are as bad as pagan as you can normally get. So it's odd to me that fae are involved in this as well. I just had a thought.
2: Yep. And this could be something that the internet will scream, well, of course... So as much as fiends are inherently
0: um, evil, evil are, are fake, chaotic, inherently chaotic? Uh, for the most part, there are some that do quite like law. Oh, well. okay. That, hey, these are our rules. They're weird rules, but they're our rules. And there's a lot of uh, neutral in fey as well, mm-hmm. because they're very nature-based. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but if you look at sprites, for example, I don't believe sprites are are, are chaotic. I'd have to double-check on that, but I think they're... Waffle. Uh, or at least neutral, because they're all about protecting gardens and things, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, the uh, the idea with this is that you utter a word and they essentially get the frightened condition. <laughs> Don't touch my rutabagas.
1: No, I was, I was more going to make a comment of, you remember that time we were in the Feywild? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't use any of this?
2: No. Are you an Oath
0: of ancient Paladin? Am. Yeah. What the hot shit? <laughs> I know.
1: There's so many things about Paladins, okay?
0: <laughs> um, so, the idea that I like with this is you uh, they're going to make a wisdom save, which... They don't have a whole lot of wisdom as the general rule, and neither do fiends. They tend to be intelligence for fiends or charisma for Fae, usually, generally speaking. Um, but they've got to run away from you if they fail. They also can't take reactions, and they can only dash as an action to try to escape. If they can't dash anymore, then they've got to use up their action with a dodge. Um, if they're using an illusion or they're shape-shifting or anything else that... Uh, Kind of mires what their true form is. That illusion drops, and you can see their their actual um, form. So uh, that's at third level. That's pretty powerful, especially against things like night hags and incubi and succubi and shit. Right? Mm-hmm. That's just fiends. That's not devils. That's that's the whole fucking gamut. Oh. Yeah. I want to point out whenever
2: you're using a channel divinity effect or another effect within your class that requires them to make a like this says a wisdom saving throw. It's with your charisma. Same saving throw DC as your spells. That that is detailed. They, they use their wisdom. They use their wisdom against your against charisma App- yeah. DC. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to point that out if in case there was any confusion. It's pointed out not in the Oath specific um channel divinity entry, but in the base paladins uh Sacred Oaths entry. It's in there. So right. just
0: so, so the basic idea is that the charisma tells you what your power level is. Yeah. And then they have to save against that power level by using wisdom. Yeah. Right? They use their specific um, save or ability, right, to, to counteract your power level, which is indicative of your charisma. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's a better way. I, I just wanted it to, to be out there yeah. and to, mm-hmm. for people to know. Um, you're right. That can be weirdly confusing yeah. for new players. Um, at seventh level, you get the aura of warding which uh, means that you essentially have an Eldritch Ward on you, and you and anyone within 10 feet have resistance to damage from spells. I'm very upset that Mega just told me she's an Oath of Ancients <laughs> Paladin, and I'm so, sitting here like...
1: This one has come up a few times, and I have used it every once in a blue moon, but again, I, and it's one of those ones where it, it it really only happens when you're fighting something with spells and you're in the area, and the only things yeah, you've really fought that have spells... Or was, like, an archmage, which I wasn't in the room for. Mm-hmm. And, like, other things that I'm not there for. It's usually area of effect things that get you.
2: This is We're going up, to be far up, more important. No, one sec. This is going to be far more important
0: once we hit that next level. You hit 18th level, and yeah. then your aura is 30, 30 feet.
1: 30 feet, yeah.
0: Let me tell you, when I say that, I sit down for, like, 20 hours and think, <laughs> what about aura of warding? You best believe that I put that amount of time into my maps. To specifically <laughs> split you guys up on a regular basis, especially with spellcast. How
1: can I grapple Cora and move her away from her <laughs> So that's a good point or, for a DM that chicken. Or come.
0: what thing can I put on the other side of this gigantic room to tempt the rogue to run over here. Yeah. I know, it's Dan. I'll just put a puzzle over there. None of the rest of you are going to give a shit, and Dan's just going to take his pants off and shuffle over to where He's just going to drop Trow to his ankles and just shuffle at <laughs> top speed over to it. Puzzle, 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 puzzle.
3: Yeah. But, I, would,
0: I would argue you, with you, but you're not I that am not far really, from the truth. Um, at 15th level, you get Undying Sentinel, which essentially <laughs> means that, um, first of all, if you get dropped to zero, you pop back up with one. With one hit point. Um, once you use the ability, you can't use it again until you finish a long rest. So you can only almost die once a day. This is that same thing that I was complaining about where it's impossible to kill a player, right? If, if I, as a DM, you are 15th level. So everything I am going to hit you with will have multi-attack. So I am going to try to like knock you down on the first attack. I'm going to aim for the paladin on the second attack. Now fuck's not working, I'm going to hit the barbarian instead because I want to go bang, bang against a 15th level Oath of Ancients Paladin, I want to be able to hit a second time on this round to keep them down, right? So when it, whenever I see this, I'm thinking players really need to watch who's got multi-attack, right? If you go up against an archer, chances are they don't have it, right? Or something that's really, really beefy, chances are that they hit once hard, not many times medium, mm-hmm. right? You don't, you don't want to be using this ability against a Meryl unless you absolutely have to. For example, because I get seven attacks in a round. Right? Exactly, yeah.
1: I remember us talking about this one when I got it. Because yeah. we, we operate in a world where we kind of nerfed healing and yeah. resurrection spells. So I was like, would this work in our world? Yeah. And I can't remember what it was that we decided that it did. And Ab-
0: Absolutely it works.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: Absolutely it works. Cool. Um, additionally, at this one, you suffer none of the drawbacks of old age and you can't be aged magically. Are you immortal? No, you still age. You don't suffer the drawbacks, and you can't be aged artificially or magically. Which means, so you're basically my great grandma who was driving until she was ninety five. You're yes, you're
1: a super saiyan, or of the saiyan race of Dragon Balls.
0: Okay, yeah, that Dragon makes 100 percent. Yeah, I'm okay. With you. I have no idea. When you turn ninety, you're just like, oh hey, you know what? I'm just gonna drop dead. Today is my day. I'm done. Yeah.
2: Then you go on a summer vacation on uh, uh, Kami's planet. Is that what it is? And then uh, you decide that you want to leave, so you just hop off and resurrect yourself.
1: You're just saying a whole lot of things right now.
2: <clears throat>
0: Terry is screaming the word nerd at the top of his lungs right now. <laughs> While he's sitting in traffic somewhere. Yeah, right. um, and that's for you, but, Terry. But this is very similar to druids and monks and whatnot, this, this whole thing about aging. Guys, does aging come up in D&D? How often is this shit coming up? I to think of a
1: magical spell that caused aging, and I couldn't think of one off the of my head. So wish would, yeah. Well, wish does.
0: Yeah, wish, wish does stuff.
1: Stuff, yeah.
2: Right. There is literally no spell other than like but maybe was, between the lines and wish that ages I'm you. I'm trying
1: to think of like like um like a wand of wonder or like a deck of many things. Like, do those have? Yes. Yeah. Like yeah. They, they
0: do. They do. The yeah. deck doesn't. <clears throat> no. The wand does. Yeah. The yeah. Okay. So this. Like all this aging stuff, and some something just become immortal. Like other classes, you can just become immortal yeah. at level eighteen or twenty. Um, but this isn't becoming immortal; it's just holding off the the effects of age. I think what this is good for is if you are going to, you could choose to be forty five years old and go on a five year in world campaign and hit fifty and go, no, 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 no. I am still as spry as I was when I was twenty. Yeah. Uh, the DM's like, okay, everybody got older now, and here we go. Like, when I'm returning to this character for a second campaign, this could be useful. yep mm-hmm. no. I don't know. Um, and then at 20th level, you become the Elder Champion, which, first of all, um, means that you take on um, an aspect and an appearance of something natural, including it could be, like, leafy beard or stone-looking skin, or uh, they say lion's mane or or antlers. I'm going to personally just have freaking hippo tusks. That's what I'm going to take for me. So. Um. Some goofy-looking
2: motherfucker. Like Goofy, capital G. Goofy, who's just going to smite the shit out of you. Uh, Yeah, but then you walk up and
0: go, I am a champion of the forest! (laughs) But uh, you can also use... It's not just that. You can also use your action when you undergo this transformation for one minute, no concentration involved. You can regain 10 hit points at the beginning of your turn. You can uh, cast any paladin spell... That normally takes one action, now takes a bonus action. or that's so nice. <laughs> enemy creatures within 10 feet of you have disadvantage on saving throws against your paladin spells and your channel divinity spells. So, what is a Paladin spell? If you gain an oath spell that doesn't appear on the
2: Paladin spell list, the spell is nonetheless a paladin spell for you.
0: Yeah, is, is that what it, it says, says verbatim in the, in the book? Beauty, that makes way more sense. I yeah. thought that was a bizarre oversight. So. Yeah. Um, and then once you use this feature, you can you can only do it once, prolong rest. I just see you moonbeaming motherfuckers like it's no tomorrow. Just like, moonbeam, 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 moonbeam. <laughs> but like, all of this is really cool at level 20, though. You're getting two sessions with this nonsense. This needs to be level 18. Right. Well, it's this this, this
2: boils back late. to our our, our uh, united hatred of capstone abilities at level twenty. Yes, I understand it's the end ability, but you don't get enough time to play with it, right? So I I, I agree with you. There needs to be something at level eighteen, and
0: I, then... I would even be be content taking whatever the twentieth level crazy bullshit that you can do and swapping it with the nineteenth level ASI, so that because at twentieth level you just you're, now you're going to use your opportunity to pick up that one feat. That you've always wanted. You've been building towards, or you're like, you know what? I am gonna have three ability scores. at twenty. Yeah. This is how I envisioned my character, and it's almost a mechanical boost just to cross your T's and dot your I's at that point, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Instead of you getting these really cool badass powers that eh, you never get to use, right? Yeah. Well, I mean. <sighs>
2: It really, is this, this, the one aspect of this game that kind of bothers me is the fact that you hit level 20 and it doesn't matter how role play heavy your game is. You hit level 20, you are defeating the end boss and then wrapping up loose ends and then that campaign's over and you're moving on,
0: right? I How do you play a long term game at level 20? You guys are level 17 right now and I am racking my brain on encounters to be able to throw at you. And I'll tell you right now, the only thing that you can do is realize that everybody has all of these resources they're managing. And you need to look at what those resources are and not give them a short rest. Burn through those resources so level 20 is still scary. But even then, we burn through the resources and now we have uh, 183 hit points to burn through. And now we burned through that and so they popped the Lehman's Tiny Hut. And there's nothing, there's a sweet fuck all you can do about it then right and even if you cave in the, the the entire area someone wish spells that nonsense away right or we just time stop our way through the cave in and everybody walks away or like there's all sorts of ideas to to get out of the shit i'm just going to true polymorph my way out of this nonsense or mass polymorph everyone to a badger we're going to dig out right like there are so many ways for a level 20 but again these are all ninth level spells you get at level 18 yeah right so like these are these are good things from a spellcaster perspective they get all their cool shit at level 18 for your martial classes, they get their cool shit at level 20, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I'm sitting here trying to build encounters going, fuck, what am I doing here? Before it's just a dungeon crawl that lasts 45 freaking years, mm. right? Because, I, well, let's just go play Mad Mage, right?
1: Yep. And I will say, it like for because me rereading this and realizing all the things that I have that I forgot that I had... In my mind, I'm just like, if you're a DM and you're planning for all these things, the likelihood of your team member remembering they have that?
2: <laughs> yep. That's uh, fair enough. So,
1: like, you're like, okay, they might use this, but what's the likelihood they'll remember they have it? Yeah.
2: There's, there's an ability Lockie's had since day one that I have never used. Indomitable. Oh, I'm, I'm terrible with indomitable. But well, I'm glad
1: you say that because it makes you feel less terrible reading yeah. this. <laughs> well, well, we had
0: a barbarian that didn't rage for 12 and a half sessions. Oh, yeah.
2: I remember right? Like,
0: there there are definitely things that the people forget... When you, when you get screwed and you go, oh, God, what can I do? Everyone flips to their items list. Yes. And everyone flips to their spell list and nobody looks at their class features. Right? So. Yeah. Anyways. So, Megan, that, you're next. me. Yeah. yeah Megan, yeah. you're next.
1: Cool. So, I'm doing um, the Oath of Devotion, uh, which I would say is kind of like your classic Knights of the Round Table, uh, Lancelot, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You're definitely your, your holier-than-thou
0: class But Dan's, Dan's going to play the halfling, so he's Lance a little.
1: Lance. Oh! So... Honey. So funny. I'm <laughs> yeah. with you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Even though I've said repeatedly, I fucking hate Athens. <coughs> yes.
1: <coughs> sorry. We'll do this. God at the same damn it, time.
2: Dan and Megan. I'm
1: sorry. In my defense, I had some kind of a form of bronchitis, so, so suck on that, Dan.
0: <laughs> I've been back to work. Like There it is. Yeah. There you go. Turn up.
1: Uh, but yeah, so this is kind of like your classic White Knight, your Holy Warrior. Um, I was actually th- thinking like Jedi's stuff like that. Like if you want to
0: get into a sci-fi world. I, look, you're the White Knight. Oath, of, Oath of, uh, Oathbreaker's the, the Black Knight. And, yeah. and my guy's the Gawain the Green Knight, I guess. We'll go Green Knight, yeah. Yeah, sure. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, we'll get to whatever dance. Oath of Vengeance is Lance Law. <laughs> it, well, it's, it's, the, Oath, it's, it's the Red the, Knight. It's, a yeah, knight, it's, it's the blood soaked. Yeah, it's the damage dealer. All right, so Megan.
1: Yeah, so this is kind of like the, the paladin that's going to hold themselves to the highest of standards. So this is your one that I find would probably bring a lot of conflict to your party, <laughs> especially if they're playing the holier than thou right out the gate and going strong and hard on this roleplay. How, how many
0: people in the car just just started to rage? Going, I
2: know. <laughs>
1: so I just
2: yeah. This, this this the oath of devotion is going to come with a the caveat. There is such a thing as lawful stupid, and please don't play it.
1: Yes, lawful stupid is definitely on that table, and it's stupid to play against that big so, round table. Right. Uh, The the Knights of the Round Table. Thanks, King Arthur. Um, Don't
0: encourage him.
1: (laughs) So the thing about them is they also... And then what causes that conflict is that they are supposed to hold everybody else around them to that same standard. So if you are playing a devotion paladin to the T and you are with a group of scoundrels, you are going to have a bad time.
2: You're the guy that they just... Okay, before we start any sort of heist, how do we get the paladin to look the other direction for 20 minutes?
1: I had an experience where I was playing with a devotion-oathed paladin who was a police officer, so literally abiding by the law, and to do anything with him in the group and trying to convince him to do it was the hardest thing we've ever... That was the hardest (laughs) part of doing that process. It was just the worst. Um, so that comes with their tenets of devotion would be their honesty. So obviously they can't lie. They can't cheat. And their word is their promise If they say they're going to do something. They are by oath supposed to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, courage. They never fear. Um, they never fear to act, uh, though caution is wise. So I don't know. This is one that they kind of play with is that they're courageous, but they're intelligent and they're just like, well, when is courage a good time Mm -hmm. to use it?
0: Yeah, I'm totally gonna go save everybody over there as soon as the dragon's gone. Yeah, because I can't help anyone if I'm already dead. Right. Yeah.
1: So they're they're intelligent about it. So if you're thinking about putting an intelligence stat into a paladin, this is probably the paladin you want to do it with, if unless you just role play it out that way.
2: I
0: mean, the word's literally wisdom.
1: Literally. So
2: like this, this is you boosting your
0: wisdom. Yeah, stat.
1: I guess that's true. Uh,
0: I like it. Uh, I don't know. I like it as as like you know the history of the of the region. You know the lore of the area and so you and dan's like but now you're all lord bard but no you know the local lore and you're like hey this dragon comes back every 50 years yeah they kill it and it still comes back every 50 years i'm not gonna chase this guy off into the woods to get the final blow in he's just gonna come back anyway yeah i'm gonna stay here and deal with the damage he's done i think that makes a lot of sense for like in i think you're right with the intelligence you just have to know which intelligence or like which get you knowledge you're gonna, it if you yeah, really yeah. want to
1: put it into that way right Um, Compassion. So they aid others, protect the weak and punish those who threaten them. Show mercy to your foes, but temper it with wisdom. So this is the one that's going to be like I'm not going to kill you. This will be the non-lethal damage type paladin. They'll keep you alive to either help you find the light or get you on the right side of things. They will try to convince you to be a good person before they will kill you. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys would agree with that.
0: Or what your thoughts are. Yes. To an extent. (laughs) To an extent. Okay, so this raises the question of is every goblin evil? Yeah. Right? And that's an interesting question, and I think different tables play it different ways.
3: Yeah.
0: If if you have a language in my world, then you have enough intelligence to have your own morality, but you probably swing in one direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I'm going to be covering a lot of this with uh, the Oath of Vengeance as well. Sure. Because
2: there's an aspect of paladins that, and this goes into the lawful soup and things, so I'll just bring it up now. Being a paladin does not give you the permission to commit genocide. Um
0: Or to rat out your friends or that to rat are in out the middle of a heist. Yeah. Right? If, if you're like, alright, I'm gonna look out and then the, the guard walks by you go and like, what are you doing here? <sighs> Well, my friends are sitting there and they are going through, like, they're going and they're robbing the bank right now. Yeah, I'm going to have to fight you because you ask. That is the wrong way of playing a paladin. Well, Uh, I mean, perfect
1: example (laughs) was literally in our last session, my paladin was being interrogated and our group of band of idiots have done a lot of dumb things. So she's not lying in her interrogation, but she's not throwing them under the bus. De-
0: I just, I just deception by omission yeah. is a yeah. is a factor. I yeah. just
2: want to say thank you that it's a band of idiots and not that idiot gnome has done a bunch of shit. Well, I
1: would like to say <laughs> that is not in that. is just Accra. Which just means that
0: enough. of the three of you currently, that oh, it was just the gnome, Dan. It's
1: just the gnome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's be honest. I did spend ten minutes trying to do a whole James Bond villain reveal. I
1: know. Yeah. God. That's true. You did spend a lot of time on that. And, Anyways. and
2: failed at it. And horribly.
1: I'm glad that you forced it to fail, yeah. by the way. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, the other piece is honor. So they treat others with fairness, obviously. Uh, let your honor deeds be an example to them. Do as much good as possible while causing the least amount of harm. So I feel like this does leave a little bit of wiggle room for... Like, freedom of choice when it comes to how you operate in certain situations as a paladin.
0: I feel like you're going to tie up the bandits and leave them tied to a tree with the the wanted poster nailed to the tree above their heads for the next person to... Please take them into town.
3: Yeah.
0: Right? If it says wanted, dead, or alive, I will knock you unconscious and then the next person can bring you in alive. Right. And... But again, at what point is that stupid? Right? Mm -hmm. And so...
1: But I think that's a part of just, like, it, like, the least amount of harm. So, like, I feel like if you were to think of your compassion and your courage and have that freedom to wiggle room with it, at what cost? And, again, I do like to, like, I'll delve, delve into a little bit when I think talk about my ideas for paladins. It, it kind of dives into the how did you get your devotion, where did you get it from, and why did you devote yourself to it? And then how does that create that conflict between you and the people you're trying to save or not save, right?
0: Yeah. The, the thing that I like about paladins, even as much as monks these guys are your philosophers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're going to get into it not about follow my God, but is that really the way that you would handle that? Are there not better ways? Mm-hmm. And every single one of them from their own perspective, each one of these subclasses would, would look at it like For that. sure.
1: Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then duty, be responsible for your actions, obviously. You're going to protect those that are around you um, as much as you possibly can and um, obey those who do have authority over you so you do respect line of command. I yeah. think that's a big piece of it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um... But yeah, and then the oath spells for these guys here they are very um health like pool oriented or protection oriented. So like protection from good and evil, your sanctuary, restoration, beacon of hope, freedom of movement, guardian of faith and then commune obviously and then like flames, flame strike. So all those things are very holier than thou, is how I feel about their Flame kindness. strike
2: comes out of left field. I know, right? <laughs> protection from good and evil, sanctuary, zone of truth, beacon of hope, flame strike.
1: Right? <laughs> like I feel like that's your um, last-ditch effort. Also. Yeah,
2: that's your, I've been trying to help you for as long as I possibly can. Now you die. So now, <laughs> the <laughs> cleansing fire. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I love it. Um, sorry? Uh,
2: there is one thing. I'm just checking this real, really quick because it, something seems weird. Um, yes, Daniel? What would that thing be, Daniel? Oh, okay, cool. Um, I've always thought Sanctuary was self only it's not you can no. cast it on other people so yep. that, yeah that tracks cool yeah mm-hmm. I just like casting Sanctuary on yourself as a paladin doesn't fit
0: uh, it does if you are like dueling them or compelling them to duel you oh that's just a cheap <laughs> move and also
2: they're both concentration so
0: you couldn't do that but still <laughs> well if someone else decides to give you Sanctuary yeah right cool there you go. What else do we have, Megan?
1: Uh, so it goes to their channels of divinity. So the first one they get at third level is going to be their sacred weapon, which basically they just kind of imbue one weapon with a like, positive energy is what it kind of describes it as. So for one minute, you kind of add your charisma modifier with, of course, a minimum of one. Uh, the weapon then emits a bright light or a 20-foot radius with dim uh, light for 20 feet beyond that. So it just basically makes a bright light weapon.
2: <laughs> you get Sting for one minute. One minute, yeah. One minute per long rest, yeah. You but add your charisma modifier to attack rolls for a minute.
1: Sorry, said that wrong. Yes.
2: This is the most useful channel divinity, in my opinion.
1: At level three, absolutely.
2: Especially like right out the gate at level three,
1: yeah.
2: Like for one minute, you get a plus minimum three because let's be honest, you've you got a, at least a sixteen, right, <laughs> to your attack rolls. That's a yep. Lot. That's a lot. That's that's useful. That means you're hitting.
0: Yeah, but I mean at level three you're doing a lot of dungeon crawls and whatnot, and for one minute per long rest, you're saving this for your big boss or for your big mob. Yep, fair. Right. right. So it's yep. not every battle that you're doing this. This cool. is this is a resource you're managing pretty closely. I love it. What's the other one?
1: Uh, turning the unholy. So as an action, you present your holy symbol and speak a prayer, uh, censoring fiends and undead. This
0: is the first mention of holy symbols that we've seen at all in Paladins. Yeah. Um, no, it's not.
1: Well, they had it.
2: Uh, it is your spellcasting focus. You use a holy symbol. Yeah. For your spells.
0: Level two.
1: And spellcasting.
0: Thank God. Okay. Yeah, you skimmed over that. I, I thought I mentioned it. Okay, but okay, then I wasn't listening to you. Um, I'm not throwing you under the bus on this. I'm just like, that's it. That's all we're talking about with holy symbols for this yeah. holy class. And again, we're just back to gods again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as much as it's of devotion, a lot of this other stuff isn't devotion. God level stuff. It's it's like a flame strike, right? Like there's, there's well, so it's it is the textbook definition
2: of holy smite. Right? Is a, a like a flaming strike from the heavens. Yeah. Right?
1: So what this does is each fiend or undead you see within 30 feet of you we need to make a wisdom saving throw. So you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but in most fiends and those kinds of things, wisdom saving throws for them is not an easy feat. Or am I incorrect in that thought?
0: Their wisdoms tend to be their lowest thing. Yeah? No. Not undead. Intelligence and charisma are tanked. Their wisdom is okay because their perception of the natural Uh, world is mm -hmm. is all right. Um, And some fiends, your high-level fiends, anything above a CR 12 is going to have a pretty good wisdom as well because they've got crazy perception nonsense. Yeah, yeah.
1: But the other cool piece about it is that any creature that is turned um, needs to try and move away from you. Essentially, it's it's the
0: same. It's a frightened thing again. It's scared of you. It moves away from you.
1: It can only use dash action, so on and so forth. So just it runs away from you for a while, which is really cool. Um, so if you are in a horde of undead, it's quite handy, especially if you've got a bunch of squishies around you. So yeah, yep. yeah.
0: But I mean, if you're surrounded on and there are eight around you and they're rolling a save, mm. let's say zombies, mm. their wisdom's not great, but it's not it's not terrible. You're probably still going to have three attacking you. Five of them will run. It's true. So it's not a get out of jail free. It is also they aren't frightened; they are just running away. Yeah. Okay. They don't have the frightened condition, but it acts like the frightened condition.
2: Yeah. Uh, except the frightened condition, you have a uh, disadvantage to attack when you are frightened.
1: Essentially, it's not afraid of you. It's afraid of the effect you've put on yeah. it. Yeah. So, so it's just
2: trying to get away from uh, it. From
1: the effect. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's lights and stuff. I'm out of here. We're
2: going to see the flip side to this with Oath of Vengeance. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, so that brings us into, um, the awesome abilities that come with the Aura of Devotion. So this is their 7th level ability, and you and friendly creatures within 10 feet of you can't be charmed.
0: Which is pretty dope. So you get, what was... At 7th oh. level, you can't get charmed. Within
1: 10, within 10 feet. Within 10 The Aura is only 10 feet, though.
0: Okay, so, correct me if I'm wrong, but Aura, or, but, uh, the Devotion, not the Devotion, is probably the most popular... Of the paladin? It's the most it's, stereotypical, It's I'd your say. white knight. So if yeah. you want
1: to play a paladin and you want to play it right, usually people... If, if it.
2: you're playing a holy warrior character, but not like, you know,
0: foaming at the mouth for the kill... Uh, you're playing an Earth of devotion, yeah. So you get aura of protection at sixth level, which I complained about being overpowered. Aura of devotion at seventh level, and then your aura of courage at tenth level. Not to mention the aura spells that you get. Yeah, you're just consistently radiating shit. As
2: but you did with aura of warding as well at seventh level.
0: Yeah, no, I know, but uh, that my point is that you are always just like radiating yep. this. This you are a beacon field. Yeah, this feels like Diablo too. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I, I I miss the aura of thorns. I feel like one of these should have that. Yep, Anyways. I agree.
1: Hmm. All right. Um, Purity of spirit would be the next one. So at 15th level, this is what you get. And you are always under the effects of protection from evil and good spell, which is...
0: Pretty didn't, cool. Didn't we do that before with Divine Sense? Oh no, that was that was Detect Evil yeah. and Good. This yeah. is protection. This is protection. From evil. So okay. Yeah. So you oh So if I am correct off the top
2: of my head with what Protection from Evil does, you have a plus two AC. You cannot be under any
0: mind effect spell.
1: That seems like a lot. I don't think that's correct.
0: Uh, protected from that. evil and good. Uh, one willing creature you touch. So this will be you. Protected from certain types. So you have to choose aberrations, celestials, elementals, fae, fiends, or undead. Um. Or no. Sorry. And on. You get you're protected from all of them. Not one of yeah, those types. Yeah. 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 So as long as this. And sorry. You're always. 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 Jeebus. So yeah. you get plus the, two AC. Uh. The no. Uh. Had they have disadvantage on attack rolls against you. You can't be charmed, frightened, or possessed. Um. And if uh you're already charmed, frightened, or possessed. Uh, you breaks. have advantage on, on saving throws, but you're always under this protection, so you can't be in the first place. So there's no plus to AC. It's this just... is massive. You have the, always have
2: the dodge action. But,
0: right, but there's no bonus to AC. You said plus Yeah, to the 3.5. The
2: disav-
0: it's a disadvantage to hit. Yeah,
2: 3.5 yeah. give you plus to AC. So this one gives you disadvantage. So you are
0: always under the dodge action. But
1: this is level 15. We have to remind you.
0: Yeah, you're top tier three. You're,
1: you're getting there. Yeah, yeah, but I that's, mean, that's
0: also when you're fighting aberrations and fiends and celestials and and. Shit, but I feel right? like,
1: as a as a holier than thou warrior, as you're developing yourself, like, oh man, I'm fighting a lot of fiends. I should really figure out a way to protect myself. from
2: Yeah, this. no, I I, the, I I think it tracks, especially power level along the board, because you get the free stand up ability at level 15 for your oath of ancients, and we'll check what vengeance does. And vengeance is on par with this.
0: I feel like the stand-up ability is very weak and conditional comparatively.
2: Fair enough. Uh, Especially without the... I mean, you get the added caveat of not having the drawbacks from age and not being able to age magically, but we've already talked about... Who who gives a fuck. Who gives a fuck. Yeah, so
0: any time that the player's handbook says the word always or the word never, I go, okay, bitches, stop everything and look at this closely. Yeah. That's too much. Everything should be conditional. And so this thing, wow, this is overpowerful right mm-hmm. even at level 15 this just feels powerful this is powerful for level 20 because who are your big bads what are your big bads like I've, i i have to throw dragons now you guys are tier 4 and well, this is a dragon campaign now oh my god that's all i can do dragons yeah. not part of that list no nope anyways
2: anyways Uh, What do you get at level 20 there? So
1: your level 20 is going to be your holy nimbus. Uh, This (laughs) is adorable. (laughs) You're basically just a giant ball of light. Uh, For one minute, bright light shines from you in a 30-foot radius. And dim light shines 30 feet beyond that. So basically 60 feet you are visible, which I think is hilarious.
0: I wish you could turn this off.
1: Yeah, like, do I really want to have that light on all the time? Let's, let's be real. I like being a spotlight, so yeah, it's fun. yeah.
0: This little light of oh <laughs> mine.
1: Yeah, uh, whenever an enemy creature starts its turn in the bright light, though, the creature takes ten radiant damage. In addition, for the duration, you have advantage on saving throws uh, against spells cast by fiends or undead, specifically. So basically, you are good against the dark and the dangerous uh, because you are a beacon of light and hope.
0: So, does this undermine then the sacred weapon, which gives you the twenty-foot radius? Um, light and the 20-foot dim light as well.
1: Uh, for the light aspect, for sure. But I feel like the sacred weapon, it's the addition to your attack rolls that makes it worth it.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah I would just probably not use... I wouldn't use both of these features at the same time is my point. Yeah. Right? And you do have a couple of inherent ways to cast light without casting light you'd feel that light would be one of the fucking spells you get right right but you don't get cantrips you don't get get cantrips right but you'd think that there's all sorts of subclasses throughout this player's handbook that's like oh you get you automatically get this cantrip right it's just one of the things I feel like that should be yeah it feels like it is it's missing cool
2: I love that just this radiating friggin pillar of holiness
1: you are a spirit bomb yep Hey, do you know where Megan is? Wah, wah, yes, wah, wah, right there. Wah, wah.
2: <laughs> it's Mr. Burns walking through the forest after oh, he's yeah, been yeah, irradiated. Oh, <laughs> let's
1: just use all the references for everybody in the, every audience. Room <laughs> all
2: <laughs> right. Uh, so uh, last but certainly not least is the Oath of Vengeance. Um, these are your lordy paladins. Let's be completely honest. Um, these are your guys who want to play a paladin to deal damage and uh, be a holy avenger um, level character. Uh, your tenets are to always fight the greater evil. Tenets. There's no second end. Alright, your tenets. Thank you. Um, is to always fight the greater evil, which plays out in the sense of if you are faced with the choice of fighting a glabrezu and a skeleton, you're going to go towards the glabrezu. However, if the skeleton
0: is the greatest evil in the room, you'll go towards the skeleton. Oh, that is, uh, no, fighting my sworn foes. No, no.
2: When uh, faced with the choice of fighting my sworn foes or combating a lesser
0: evil, I choose the greater greater evil, evil. right? You just choose the greater evil. Well, but it says specifically the sworn foes. So that if a Glaviju that you've never seen before and a skeleton you've never seen before walk in, you might still take out the skeleton first because I could do that in six seconds or less before I go stomp this asshole. But if the Glaviju is running away and the skeleton's walking towards you, you may go after the escaping demon, right? So I hear what, what you're saying on this. But I'm really gonna leave well, it the sworn foes, right? Yeah. I as a DM, I see I see this as someone's tenant, and I go, Oh good. Oh, I'm going to have recurring villains. I'm going to give you sworn enemies. Yeah. And that's good. Gonna- and as this is mechanically bent towards
2: that as well. Yeah. Um so you also have no mercy for the wicked, where uh your ordinary humanoid might win your merc- might win your mercy, but your sworn foe doesn't. Right? Uh, your sworn enemies do not get mercy. Okay. I... yep. Yeah, all right. And hate... this is where I was going to bring up the whole fact that you being a paladin does not mean you can say your sworn enemy is goblins. No, you you choose that goblin over it's there. It's that goblin. I would even go so far as a DM to accept that tribe of goblins. Yeah,
0: but war, this warband of nobles that, that, that tore down right? the orphanage.
2: But sure. the entire race... Genocide is not on the table, right? And how that plays out is if you are a paladin and you come across a random uh, evil creature that does not give you the right, the authority, the permission to just kill that evil creature right out.
0: I would also say that you should be completely open to the idea of taking people off your list. I would make you have a real list. Yeah. As a DM, I'm like, what's your Aria list? Give me your Aria list. And if she can take the Hound off of it, so can you. Exactly.
2: Um, next, you get by any means necessary, which means uh, my moral qualms, my uh, legal qualms will not get in the way of pursuing my foe.
0: You can't kill him. We're in the Wild. So?
2: Yeah. Uh, he's in that building that he owns that's locked up. So I will break and enter to kill
0: him. Let's burn the building down.
2: Right? Like, this is why I say this guy's a little edge already. Uh, cause he, he, you will almost go out of the way to break your qualms as a Paladin of Vengeance. It just will happen. Um, next is Restitution, which if you fail and your foe wreaks havoc, you take the blame on yourself and you will seek to, re- uh, restore by any means necessary the damage he has done to the world. So
0: don't have this guy hold your bag of gold. Exactly. Group loot should not be a factor with the. No, because this
2: group. guy will be like, "Oh, you burned down that orphanage? Well, we are going to go rebuild that orphanage then."
1: Here's this bag of money that I. Stole here's this from rogue. bag. Here's this bag <laughs> of money
2: that is all of our uh, party's gold.
0: And, and here's the wizard's staff and and the barbarian's codpiece. Yeah, cod piece. yeah it, all the things that are important.
1: Unwashed, it's worth a lot. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um. So this guy is. Yeah. Uh, He's got repelling blast. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> um, so, in terms... That, that's his tenets. Um, he's there to take down his sworn enemies. And if his sworn enemies win, it breaks him emotionally. So... I like how they added that last one in. It adds a little bit more depth to this. Otherwise it was just i I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill it. I'm going to kill it.
1: Well, I feel like that balances out with the holier than thou paladin because of the holier than thou paladin breaks their oath or does something stupid. They have to pay a attendance, like a, a penance towards it. Exactly. So this yeah. gives them that option. A, a even way to break it. Yeah. Constantly being.
2: Yeah. No, I'm with you. Evil, 100%. Yeah. Right. So in terms of oath spells at third level, you get Bane and Hunter's Mark. That tracks him. I like it. Yeah. Um, I, if it's close to you, it's hurting. If it's far away from you, you'll find it. Um, at fifth level, they get whole person and misty step. If it's close to you, it's hurting. If it's far away from you, you'll get to it. At ninth level, if you get haste and protection from energy, I'll catch you, and you're not going to be able to do anything about. Uh, you're not going to be able to do anything to me. Um, at ninety, sorry, at thirteenth level, you get banishment and dimension door. Go to hell! I'm coming too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, at 17th level you get hold monster and scrying stay there I'll always be watching um paladins with scrying that's odd but I love it for these guys because they are always chasing after their sworn foes and 17th
0: level and also 17th level right so that's Everybody else is casting level eight spells, and you're sitting there playing a Scry. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yep. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Um, abjure enemy as
2: your so you get your channel divinity next. Uh, your first of those is your ability to abjure your enemy, which is within sixty feet of you. You choose a creature. That creature makes a Wisdom saving throw, um, and if it fails, it's frightened. Fiends and undead have disadvantage on this roll, and it gets the frightened
0: condition. He's, for th- one minute. This guy's just like Ghost Rider, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, because I remember uh, I forget which one of the, I think it was the first one Nicolas Cage just like steps off his motorcycle and he's not flame head yet so he just like points and goes You! And the bad guy's like shit and run. That's what this is. Yes. Right? Yep.
2: 100%. And i like to point out that if you are frightened it's uh, they add a little bit of caveat your speed is zero. So if you frighten somebody with your enemy... Their
0: speed is zero.
2: Their speed is zero. Okay. They stay put. Now this effect is broken if they take any damage. And they still have the ability to attack those around them, although at disadvantage because of frightened. But they stay put. And if they succeed the save, their speed is still halved. So this guy is going to get you. Is basically what this is. Hmm. If you are two turns of movement away, he's slowing you down enough to catch up or to get you next turn. Right? Your next option is Vow of Enmity. Vow of Enmity is badass because for one minute you choose a creature within 10 feet of you um, and you get advantage on attack rolls. Period. Against that creature. mix that with a little bit of I don't know rogue or mix that with a little bit of I don't know champion fighter <laughs> this gets amazing pretty damn quick and it doesn't come with the same barbarian thing where now you have disadvantage uh, everything has advantage against you as well um I I, I really like vow of enmity and it, I mean it's one it's one minute per long rest let's be completely honest it's not overpowered. But it is definitely that I'm saving this for my sworn enemy, and I'm going to destroy that asshole. That's what this is. At seventh level, you get uh, your relentless advent, uh, yeah, relentless avenger, um, which means when you hit a creature with an opportunity attack, you can move half your distance, half your speed, to catch up with them. This movement does not provoke attacks of opportunity which is against pretty, you. Pretty cool. Yeah.
1: You're like I'm not going to deal with this horde of idiots. You deal yeah. with them. I'm out. I'm yeah. After well, this guy, right?
2: uh, this guy is my focus, is and he may try to run away from me, but I will catch him.
0: Yeah. So it is really good if you've already dropped Hunter's Mark on him as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the, Thematically, it stacks. Is my point. Yeah. It very much does. Uh, at 15th level, you get the Soul
2: of Vengeance, which means uh, your thor- I like how they phrase this: the authority of which you speak your vow of enmity gives you greater power over your foe. So at that one use of Vow of Enmity, it now adds on top of it the fact that you can now attack as a reaction against your Vow of Enmity.
1: If it is in range.
2: If it's within range. Obviously, yeah. And with a melee weapon.
1: Yeah, so it's not like you can, like, flip a bow and arrow at it for certain you No. Yeah. But...
2: It stacks with the Vow of Enmity ability because it's
0: just an addition to Vow of Enmity. Yeah. So you get a reaction to hit them with advantage for any time they attack anything with them with uh, within one minute. Yeah, that's yeah. what that is.
2: That's pretty cool. But the thing is, uh, yeah, whenever they make an attack,
0: you can smoke it. That's assuming that, that they're within reach of you, and it doesn't say melee attack. It just says attack. When
2: they make an attack, you have to make a melee attack.
0: Right, but they don't have to make a melee attack is my point. No, no.
2: But the thing is they can... um, There's so much of this class that is about pursuing and getting in melee combat with things.
0: Okay, so I got a question for you. If I decide to turn you to stone, I'm a Medusa and I turn you to stone with an action, right? Did I attack you? If I throw up a force cage around you, did I attack you? Or are you looking for the word, make a spell attack in the spell? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think
1: that you're looking if for it's, that word. If it's a
2: spell attack or an attack action, you get to use this.
0: Okay, a lot of the stuff. So if it's part of a multi-attack, obviously that works.
2: Um, if, they- if it's a ray or if it's a uh, smite or if it like green flame blade,
0: like those kind of things, shocking hands, uh, even... There's, there's going to there's gonna be things like if you create water in someone's lungs, is that an attack? No. I would say yes, just because you're purposefully doing harm to someone. You were saying, and now hurt, right? So I'm not going to, like, what, what is it? The tentacles that grab you, the vines that, that grab you? Arms of Hadar. Does that one do damage? Maybe. W- one of them does damage, one of them doesn't. If it doesn't do damage, then. Arms
2: of Hadar doesn't, Grasp does. Both of them are off Hadar.
0: i what well, You you spoke words and I did not understand. Uh, those that. are warlock spells. Yes. Do, yeah. it, do it again.
2: Arms of Hadar, I believe, is what it's called. Yeah. Does not do damage. Grasp of Hadar does, I believe.
0: First of all, it's Hadar. I'm just fucking with you, Dan. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. It's okay. It's we we favorite. love you, Dan. Um, and uh, warlock arms and. Uh, I saw this uh, hunger of hit. hunger that's what it is not grasp yeah so what so one of them does one of them doesn't but well, my point is that if your I would say that it has to do damage purposefully do damage right if i cause an earthquake right and you take a bunch of damage from the earthquake then of the ground shaking then yes i did it i dropped that building on you but if i'm just like using thaumaturgy that's not going to like i may make the room rumble but it's not going to make Exactly. No, yeah, so, I'm with you. I'm with you. So,
2: I'm looking for that word attack, I think.
0: It's not going to say it in every circumstance because I can mold earth out from underneath you and drop you into the lava, right? That's an attack, yeah. right? Even though I just molded earth.
2: Yeah, well, just it's one of those things that you communicate with your DM. Yeah. And and just because I could
0: see a player being I feel like a DM could rules lawyer the way out of this.
2: And a player can rules lawyer their way into it. So you you have to set ground rules and that when this comes up as an ability at level uh <laughs> 15 you should, you should have you clear th- open communication you should have clear open communication with your DM yeah. okay? at 20th level you get to be an avenging angel you sprout wings uh, for one hour you sprout wings from your back you and gain a fly speed of 60 you emanate an aura of menace <laughs> <Arrgh>! <laughs> for 30 feet around you Um, Which, the first time any creature enters it, or starts their turn within it, uh, uh, must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or become frightened of you.
0: Alright, so besides the flight, which is really cool, you're just causing more frightened nonsense? Yep. I feel like every Scourge ASMR wants this. Mm Mm-hmm. Get your wings back. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Uh, Yeah, I like it. Hmm. Cool. There you
1: go.
0: I like it because it's very focused, and there's nothing that's really quite like this, that in any of the other classes. The, no, like hunting. Even the hunter doesn't hunt like this, right?
1: With that this much is, aggression.
0: This, this to me yeah.
2: is the the good version of uh, Michael Myers from Halloween. He's just always coming, and will. That's oh,
1: literally what I was thinking of when I was thinking of like him. Like like it's that slow walk. It's that he slow, running it's relentless.
2: Slow it's, it's a T1000. Yeah. 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 It. it 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 has this really cool motif. Um, however, it is it leans towards edge lordy, and there are some things that you need to be careful of as a DM and as a player for this. I I as a DM
0: will look down at this and go, oh bitches, I'm a split a party.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh
0: man, I'm a split a party. Yep. There's gonna be pressure trigger portcullises dropping left, right, and center.
1: Let's be real, parties split themselves. You don't even have to do that.
0: You're not wrong. <laughs> Dad, that's your only defense. Hey, hey,
2: hey. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to move on to a quick little shout out before we continue on with some character builds. We have mentioned before we are a Canadian podcast uh, based specifically out of Vancouver. Um, and we've decided that we want to be able to kind of support other local nerds and everything else like that. And we're going to start off with uh, Ghost Fox Dice. Uh, that is one word on Instagram at Ghost Fox Dice. They are a local uh, LGBT positive, like supportive uh, dice manufacturing company. Uh, it's a couple guys who just are passionate nerds. They're massive Adventure Zone and Critical Role nerds. Like I had a good little talk with the guy. I met him when I was buying coffee at Starbucks. Like uh, I met Gray there and he's, he's a great, great guy. So I just want to shout them out. How how did you meet? How did you, just, did you just walk up to random strangers in Starbucks, Dan, and like? Okay, so they had a Taz Balance tattoo on their arm, and when he handed me my pumpkin spice latte, I have no idea what that means. I know when he handed the me basic,
1: by... by the way, yeah, yeah. I, had to say. <laughs> yeah,
2: I was about to say, and I'm a I'm a I'm a basic white bitch. Um, but he had a Taz Balance tattoo, and I mentioned, hey, you, is that uh, balance? thing and we had like a 10-minute conversation while my co-workers stood awkwardly off to the side having no idea what well, we were talking Well, every
1: about. other person in line at Starbucks was like, can you please fuck off?
2: Uh, fortunately, it was slow because it was early on in the morning.
0: But <sighs> uh, Okay, Megan, I have sworn off pumpkin spice anything yeah. this season and I've got about seven other people that have, that have joined me on the internet. There's almost like, we're, we're starting a movement here. Mm-hmm. Well, Dan and Terry are both basic bitches. Will you join me with swearing off pumpkin spice? for the rest of the season. I I know it's a big ask for people because it's seasonal, but it's obviously a marketing capitalist bullshit campaign for something that doesn't really taste like pumpkin.
1: Are you specific to pumpkin spice lattes or pumpkin spice other objects?
0: Other objects, except you can eat a pie. (laughs)
1: That's what I'm thinking. You can have a
0: pumpkin pie because you're having a pumpkin pie. You're having a pumpkin pie flavored fart or whatever shit that they're selling. Now your air fresheners and I I would like to point out. I don't care what you want to point out, you basic bitch.
1: (laughs) Oh, baby. I, yeah, you basically. Um, I can join I your movement. I miss you, Terry.
2: Terry, I miss you. I need help on this I one. I can join
1: your movement in the sense that I will never get a pumpkin spice latte. Okay. Um, but I because you
2: work for the competition.
1: Uh, yeah. So I'm not really a coffee and pumpkin spice kind of gal. Okay. Because I'm more on the tea side of things in life. Um, however... My I wife
0: did just do yeah. all right.
1: Love a good pumpkin tea, and but we actually use pumpkin in the tea. Is
0: it pumpkin or is it pumpkin spice? It's pumpkin. The the pumpkin is fine. Okay, then it's, it's good. It's, it's then I can join your movement. With, right, I'm in cool. on. it. Yeah, we're in it. Excellent. Yeah,
1: I am not eight, a basic bitch.
2: Eight members. Eight. Well, the thousands of people around you that so love. That love new pumpkin pork, spice corporate muffins whore. and pumpkin spice lattes and pumpkin spice. Just open your mouth wider and have a drizzle into your face. I man. would love it. It would be great all over my chin and chest to be. Next, fine. you're gonna
1: be wearing like a white long sleeve shirt with a puffy black jacket and like boots up to your knees
2: and and skin tight blue jeans. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have my. It's on Solo hair solo season, everybody. up in a bun. <laughs> I so I, what I was going to say is the second eggnog lattes are on on the table. Uh, pumpkin spice is dead to me.
1: I do love eggnog.
2: I'm all over eggnog. Okay,
1: good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. At least we have eggnog. eggnog, eggnog. Anyway, eggnog is a seasonal treat. Anyway, pumpkin spice is fun. all right, I'm done. Yeah. Friends who are listening to the podcast, go sign up and follow Ghost Fox Dice. One word on Instagram. They're just getting set up. They're just getting established, and they need that base of followers to really encourage them to move forward here. I'd love to see another Vancouver-based, nerd-focused community and and people in the community really be supporting
0: this So they're on Instagram? They're on Instagram.
2: Uh, All I know right now is Instagram. Okay. I'm sure their information's online. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's on their website. All right. Cool. Yeah. There you
3: go.
2: We still have to talk about character builds. (laughs) Yeah. So... Let's grab our dice. Uh, we're all old hats at this at this point. Uh, we are talking about interesting character builds for paladins and how to break or support the tropes. Roll the dice. Twelve.
1: Oh, nine.
2: I've gone last
0: every single farking old time. Okay. Did you anyway. say
1: farking? Yes. Okay. <laughs> all right.
0: So, first and foremost, character build. I'm going I'm to stay with the Oath of Ancients because I absolutely love it. I th- really think that you could... Um, Pair this nicely with a bard. Just because of the idea of spreading the word, spreading the joy, uh, spreading hope. The idea of constantly um, getting up in front of a group of people and saying, hey, you know what, it's going to be okay. I would absolutely love to play a version of this character who's a bit of a therapist. Who wanders through places that have been corrupted and desecrated and just sits sort there of goes, hey... It will be okay, and we're gonna help. This is your front man of your party. If you're playing a standard good adventuring like party, right? Yep. They're gonna they're gonna step up, and they got the charisma to back it, right? They're gonna step up, and they gonna say, "Hey, look, we know it's shitty. Hey, they got your daughter, and we know that, but we're gonna get her back, mm-hmm. right? It's really easy, and here's how we're gonna do it, right? And and there will be, and we may not have that figured out yet, but we will because this stuff just works out, and my, my Oath of Ancients is not pitching a god. They're pitching a feeling. Mm-hmm. Are and are you sick and tired of being scared? If the answer is yes, why not move within the city walls and we can help you get set up in some sort of business here. We know the shopkeepers will put in a good word for you. This is the kind of person that I'm looking for, right? The actual charity that's involved. And I'm 100% going to lean into... The halfling to do it, even though they only get a DEX modifier. I think you, I think Lightfoot gets the charisma, so mechanically it doesn't quite stack the same way that you may want it to. But the halflings are the happy race. They're the ones that are gonna sit there and say, "Hey, you know what? Yes, yes, it is gonna be okay. We're gonna do it. I don't know how we're gonna do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll and do a, Oh, hey, you know what? I got pretty lucky on that. Hey, yeah, all right, cool. This worked out. And they're because they've got a five percent lucky roll all of the time on things like. Saves. It's gonna help even more so with the with the paladin. So I think that this is your hero type, the halfling that looks at everybody else sitting around smoking their their pipes and sitting in the pub, and someone stands up and says, "Hey, we're all sitting here bitching about the evil overlord, but why is nobody doing anything? If we all band together, we can do this. Mm-hmm. Let's go." Now I like this guy. Yeah. And so this is a hero that is stepping
2: up. How do you make that something other than one-dimensional good guy?
0: By giving them, uh, you, you know, how yours is all about choose I'm fighting the greater evil, right? Give them the opportunity to choose between the lesser of two evils. Yeah. Right. Where give them the Spider-Man. Um, you can save the busload of children, or your or your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Right. You get one or the other. You don't have time to do both. That is how you start to kind of pull at them and find how they can still find hope in the moment. Watch them find the hope and the joy and spread it. And remember, they're, it's right in their tenets as well that they've got to search out new things to make them happy as well. Yeah. It's not just the delights that they have. They're looking for new stuff. They walk into the the pleasure palace and they go, yeah, okay, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, all we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to wander around. They're not weirdly perverted. They're just like... Interested. Yeah, like, does that... Re- like, you put your finger there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my
0: I miss Terry so.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: not for that reason everybody comes. Oh, so <laughs>
1: oh. alright so it's a relationship I wasn't expecting anything
0: out of this last time. there's lots of fingers lots of holes it's gross it's sometimes. like bowling but the what <laughs> By Dan <Ben>. bye <laughs> Even I can't see, Dan's gone away now.
1: Yeah, he's turned around. <laughs> so <laughs>
0: so the point is that this guy, is he's perpetually happy, and he's hes always looking for the next. This is a guy who would, if you if you make him a, maybe he's a dwarf, yeah. and he's out to make the perfect brew to make people happy. He doesn't want high alcohol content. He wants low alcohol content. So, so you that can people keep can drinking, enjoy it. Yeah, and keep drinking more of it. Mm-hmm. Right? And so this is a positive and yet not an annoying character. Um, because he's trying to look at the bright side of things, but more more than anything else, he's consoling others. The other thing that I think mechanically suits this really well would be a uh, metallic dragonborn who worships Bahamut and says, hey, you know what? We're going to do things for good, mm-hmm. right? For the side of good. And um, they, he has a little bit of a connection to it. Or the half-elf that was raised by his mother, who was an elf. And the rest of the... Of the Elves didn't look down on him for being a half-breed like most people would throw in their backstory. Instead, they said, hey, you know what? Your life is very, very, very short. You need to grab opportunity by the horns and you need to live life to its fullest. And we're going to teach you how, and we're going to teach you these, these songs. And he grows up surrounded by elven beauty and, and art artisans. And, and he's learned to love it, which is maybe why he gets a couple of levels in bard or, or something. And so he's grew up listening to his mother sing and he knows these different ways of making it, of making anything better. And then he says, you know, we're, I'm going to go out and I'm going to spread Spread the word on this because I need to live life and I can't do it here. So I'm going to help. I don't, I like my dark and evil characters. I love this as being a true hero. Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of the cleric that's out to heal people. You heard me bitch about that in the, in the cleric episode, right? And I'm, I'm not out for the like avenging anything that's, I've seen that. I've seen that a lot. We have so few sincere heroes anymore that are just trying to do good that don't go through their negative, like, oh, they've been tempted by the evil dark side of, no, I'm not going to be tempted. I know what's right, and this is right, and we're going to restore hope to the kingdom. I like it. And it's Irvindale. It. it is. It is Irvindale. It's residue to a lesser extent. Yeah. yeah. For those of you that don't know, Irvindale was a was a NPC that was just good at everything, Including trying to help the the players by giving things like back rubs and and you know he was too character He, he just was watch. way too handsy. Look, hey, he was gonna he was gonna sit there and he was gonna help you do whatever it is. Oh, you're sitting there and you're doing a clockwork thing because you're a gnome. Can I sit down and help? Can I at least watch? I'd love to learn what you have to say. Yeah, he was also very good at dying to su- uh, summon bah- uh, Demogorgon to the world. Uh, that was your guys' choice, not mine. Boom. So maybe if you hadn't totally fucked up the encounter, that wouldn't have happened, Dan. I didn't totally fuck it up. Well, then why were you on the other side of the map from everybody else when they really needed you? Dan. Why was everybody on the other side of every map? We were so spread out and that. You <laughs> ran away! <laughs> Your fault. Anyways. Uh, who is Meg next? next? Megan. Well,
1: I will go. So I had a couple of random ideas, but I think for me, I really love the idea of breaking the paladin and what it truly stands for. So the fact that I had to kind of like devotion to go off of... I I would completely break this concept, because right now if you read devotion and go at rules as written, you are talking about deities, you are talking about gods, you are talking about holier-than-thou, you are talking Mm -hmm. about the divine. I would just want to really tie the devotion piece into either a construct or just break it and just be almost like worshipping a false god. So they get their abilities and strength from just knowing and feeling like they are devoted to something, but it doesn't actually come from a deity. It just comes from their own will and their own ability to... And they know it. And they know it.
2: Yeah. It's not like they're <clears throat> falsely assuming that there's some sort of deity, but it's it, it's in them all along. No, they actually know that it's their power. Yeah. Really. Yeah.
1: But like, they, they know that they've grown into this ability because they worship strongly of this uh, construct or a, like a, a false god or even just choose one of the evil gods to follow like you're talking about like bahamut or like
0: well bahamut's a good god but tiamat. yeah that's true
1: sorry Tiamat is what i was thinking of yeah. so i said earlier just have them be devoted to tiamat and be like okay well i as a paladin have all these abilities because i'm devoted to this god and it is a deity but it is inherently evil so i love the idea of playing an evil paladin but not going your classic oath breaker not going your classic mm. vengeful um, like paladin, but actually just taking the concept of being devoted to something, and
0: being a, being a cultist about it. Yeah, you're not the evil warrior. You're you're just like, hey, you know what? I I sign up for Team Evil. Yeah, like let's do this. I'm gonna hand out pamphlets on my days off.
1: Right. So that's just basically what they did. Or where they grew, like maybe they just grew up in a city or a town where that's who ruled the city. Like think of something like. Um, God, I can't think of the fucking vampire right now. What's his name? Strad. Strahd. So think of Strad. If you had a cult, not necessarily vampires, but the people that worship and take care of them, they could. You could have a paladin warrior that is just devoted to their cause, with the devotion abilities.
0: Is there anything saying that you couldn't choose a great old one or an archfey or anything? No. Nope. Nope. There so... is
1: no limit to what you can choose to what you are devoted to
0: yeah man, i think i think that's a fantastic idea yeah
1: what,
0: what about flipping it on his head though um using right. your
2: good abilities your healing your protection your everything abilities to manipulate the masses
0: to follow your evil god
3: yeah i'm yeah. on board yeah with this. look yeah. we
0: need to keep the people alive to worship yeah. yeah right hey you know what i just healed you back little peasant that nearly died in that fire and remember tiamat did this for you
1: right yeah.
0: And I think that's cool. I also like the idea of, you could play this a little bit sniveling too, because you know who else is super devoted? Henchmen, goblins, kobolds. Yeah. Right? The kobold that is just super devoted to the white dragon. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because kobold's a playable race now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: But if you were to build like a paladin that was going to be that strong force to bring it forth, I would almost choose a dragonborn or a tiefling or something that is a little bit more frightful, so you can kind of have that... Like, leadership quality and capability.
2: And both Dragonborns and Tieflings give you the bonus to charisma, which is super nice for this.
1: So they do actually make pretty good paladins at the end of the day, but would a Dragonborn truly follow an angelic deity? Probably, maybe not, depending on where they are.
0: Yeah, you pretty much have Bahamut and Tiamat.
1: So why not take the Devotion piece, throw it into the negative darks? I'm a very dark person. I think we've learned this now. Oh, yes. Yeah, so...
0: I like this, especially if you're going to play um, Horde of of the Dragon Queen and then Rise of Tiamat, and you sit there as your dragonborn, and it's like, hey, you know what? My god says, and you never name drop your god, and then you get to the last little bit, you're like. Oh no! I've been fighting for team at the whole time. time. What are you guys doing?
1: Exactly, right? You never know actually what deity they're following. Yeah, they just and that
2: adds a really interesting arc as well for your uh, players and and for your friends around the table as well as like do they try to convince you that evil
0: is bad?
1: Yeah,
2: and then turn your ninety nine
0: percent of parties will just murder the shit out of that character.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Or not murder them, or we'll just assume that they're worshiping somebody good because they just healed them. Yeah. Well, they'll just assume. They won't ask.
0: It'll never be How many times do
1: your players ask you what the name of your NPCs are?
0: Almost freaking never.
1: Exactly. So how many times do they actually ask what their alignment is or who Uh, they worship is or uh, unless
0: it's Terry who asks me just to see me scramble. Yeah. Oh no, Dan asks me. Dan doesn't know too, yeah.
1: Yeah. But But that that's my point is like you kinda have to rely on the fact that your team probably isn't gonna ask. Yeah. They're gonna make mistakes. I
0: sit down and I say a prayer in draconic.
1: Yeah.
0: Who else speaks draconic? Nobody? Beautiful.
1: Beautiful. Excellent, right? (laughs) So I just think it's good. But uh yeah, I will throw in my little one that I sent you the other day because so I think it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it does. Talk, I did want to decide it falls on the Oath of the Ancients, though, but I basically said cynical, uncultured paladin who's traveling along stops at an inn and has the most delicious meal like they've ever had and then forsakes their duty and acts as a chef's herald basically as their hype man <laughs> and a bodyguard aim angelically
2: and violently to spread the reputation of this new chef I just see him like walking up to a cleric something <laughs> like that. yeah
0: yeah Torm, Torm's cool Torm's alright on everything but have you <laughs> had this burger? Have you
1: had this burger? No, but,
0: I, I, I love the idea of him like raiding the goblin encampment and then turning around to leave, and he leaves like a little pamphlet hanging from the It's, from it's, the a, it's
2: a takeout order? <laughs> yeah Like a little takeout menu? <laughs> yeah I
1: love it and then I said Oath of the Ancients because then they can build gardens <laughs> to grow their own plants and things for fresh
0: ingredients Are you I am actually, I'm actually working on a subclass myself for wizard, yep. which I've been secretly working on. This it's a food mage, oh I like it, and that. everything is food um, based, and so this would very much.
1: I like it. That's. I incredible. will give a shout out to my brother in law though. He kind of helped me come up with that one. But I that,
0: that's cool. On. Oh, you know what? I like him as a hype man for like a nightclub too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> meant for the like the bar in the town yeah. but you're actually just a full-on paladin so yeah. you can kick ass yeah
2: I love it anyways 10 well my option is not sufficient either of those two uh, I I love the religious aspect of the paladin and and, and I, I try not to harp on that a lot here on the podcast but I really do pl- like playing the characters Look, the who, gods are
0: a part of this game the we gods are a part of this game and they're
2: super duper interesting and each one of them has a lot of flavor and and, uh, and interesting story you could pull out as a paladin of them and um, I like taking the gods that don't quite fit the oath and seeing how the oath can fit and Maglubiate. what will be it yeah sure go go ahead uh, <laughs> the, your goblin god Orcus. Uh, or, orcus, yeah, sure. Uh, Oath, of Devotion, o- Oath of Devotion Orcus. We literally just talked about something like that. Yeah. But what I'm thinking of more is taking a race like, Terry's not here, so, <laughs> a goblin. And You and your
0: small creatures. Hold on, hold on. I, I was okay. to make fun you. of
1: you if you decided to do a goblin.
0: Were you supposed to? <laughs>
1: oh, sorry, no, it was gnome.
0: Well, is
2: as 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 Terry is now driving to work, he's probably at work just waiting for us to wrap up. Um, I just have to say, this one's for you, Terry. My goblin paladin of Soon, who is the goddess of beauty and love. Mm. I don't even see that. Where the fuck is Soon? In Appendix B, in your player's handbook, there is a list of the Forgotten Realms deities. Soon is the goddess of love and beauty. Um, she is often depicted with, like, uh, very beautiful formed woman, long raven hair. Um, she is the god of it's artists. raven hair. Red she, hair. Red hair. Red hair. Sorry. Uh, she is the god of artists. She's the god of, um, uh, of love. She's also kind of the god of sex, but that's just part of it. But the reason why I want to do a uh, goblin is... uh, Horny little
0: goblin character. Not a horny little goblin character. Uh, That's just mad as hell all the time.
2: (laughs) I'm going to get you first. (laughs) I'm going to get you. And I'm going to get you. No, uh, I I wanted to have (laughs) Screw you and screw you. (laughs) I wanted to have this character who was a... uh, Because Oath of Vengeance, paladins are protectors. I wanted it to be the protector of art and artists and... Um, anyone who would destroy works Mm. of art, anyone who would deface a statue or, um, harm innocent, uh, children or anything
0: else like that. This is the type of character. Back on the nightclub thing again. I'm sorry, Dan. This guy's just like protecting the harem. Like, "You, you leave those girls alone. Yeah. yeah, they are working hard for a living.
2: Exactly. Yeah. That's who this character is. But I also wanted to twist it in such a way that, it, uh, that this Oath of Vengeance Paladin is a uh, um, Thomas Crown Affair level character who is breaking in and stealing works of art from people who don't deserve it. Oh. So you're going stealthy goblin Paladin of Vengeance and you're taking these things back. Because these people are Indiana differ. Jones, it belongs in a museum. Exactly. People need to see this beauty, need to see this art, and you have it locked up in And a... you chose Goblin for this? Goblin? I chose can barely
0: understand what art is. So,
2: one of the reasons is yes, for that. Two, they get Dexterity and Constitution as their bonuses. So, they fit a Paladin
0: very well. If... But their saves are Wisdom and Charisma, and all of your attacks are Strength and Charisma. Except you could be a finesse build. Paladin. They're a real thing.
2: Yeah, Why yeah, the no, hell not? Yeah, but um go with light armor because of that, and you're a stealth character. So you take the criminal background as a paladin. Okay, but and you have deception and sleight of hand, or deception is stealth. You could go uh criminal or charlatan and get uh, swap out stealth and sleight of hand, but you get those and your character is breaking into places and stealing their art. His because he's Oath of Vengeance his own qualms about uh, b- breaking in and breaking the law to get these things don't matter. He needs to retrieve these pieces of art yeah, and these do. pieces of beauty. I feel like right? I he's that. also the character who is sneaking into a dragon horde to steal the princess that got stolen. Right,
0: that's what this character is. You don't deserve her. You you don't. Oh my god, I love him as like a spurned ex lover of someone yeah. who just goes to murder the new boyfriend. goes, yeah. you don't deserve her. He, he's mildly creepy. Like all, all of your characters are mildly creepy. Not all of Resu is not mildly creepy. We just haven't gotten there yet. You only had like eight <laughs> seconds. There's going to be something. But
2: like, I, I, the idea of like this uh, treasure hunter, oath of vengeance, paladin, goblin, just really intrigued me. That that was mine.
1: I'm into it. I'm also thinking like you could play on the fact that like maybe in your artifact area one of your artifacts got stolen, and now you have to find out who took it. Well, and where
2: uh, it is. well, yeah. with Indiana Jones, with Thomas Crown, with all of these like. Heist-level things. There's always the other thief who also steals, and it might be there just a little bit before you sometimes, and that is another sworn enemy. Right? Someone who is stealing to destroy the art, and you're stealing to preserve the art.
1: Mm, So this could actually be almost a villain to your party, if your party is going after a similar artifact.
2: Yep. You could also... Um, dip a little bit of rogue and actually make rogue paladin work.
1: I was gonna say, like, I feel like you almost have to. I don't
2: think so. I don't think so. You could fix that with a background.
1: I guess so. And
2: like goblins get the ability to move as a bonus action, uh, or is it hide with a bonus action? Like they get their they get their uh, freaky goblin hiding stuff as well. Like they're they're built towards this, and there's no reason why they can't. And like sure. Goddess of beauty, and you're playing a goblin. There's nothing saying in the goblin rules that they have to
0: be ugly. Greenskin. Yes, that's true. But you, God damn it, Dan, you know that if a goblin worships a goddess of beauty, then he's just a chronic masturbator, and that's the character you have. <laughs> <laughs> I can neither
2: confirm nor deny. <laughs> what happens to the art between the location it's stashed in? And the museum. Oh, it's only,
0: it's only nude art. It's, oh, fuck, That's so gross. Why does the... Nope. No. Any, no. Any, why does that look like No,
1: Anything <laughs> that like, looks like a hole, that's what you have in this artifact. And that's it. Now,
0: why is the penis in that thing You're really well polished?
1: None of your business.
0: <laughs> it's really polished from the waist down. It's because I'm a goblin. I can't reach that high. Stop asking questions. Get out of here. Anyways. Uh, anything else about Paladins, guys, before we uh, wrap this up? I knew we couldn't make it a whole episode without going down the 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 negative.
1: Sorry, are you talking about like the dick and vagina hole? Is yes. that what you're
2: talking yeah. about? Yeah.
0: We yeah. we almost made it one episode. Almost made it. I mean you did bring it up with the
2: uh... I did bring it up. Yeah. Anyways, so uh anything else we want to add before we wrap up, guys. No, that's pretty much it. What do you think about Paladins?
0: I like them. I like them because each subclass is its own unique flavor. Yep. And I like them because they are Unique compared to the other classes, they're still weirdly mechanically imbalanced, and they've got some basic design flaws. And I'm sick and tired of bards, rogues, rangers, paladins all being holdovers from previous editions instead of just being their the, thing. Their, their own new thing, mm-hmm. right? Because if they had named it, if they got rid of the paladin and called it a knight, we wouldn't have had all of this divine nonsense in, in it. It's Even a knife, a knight templar. And then make yeah. it divine and, and lean into it. But it's just, I don't know.
2: I would like to point out, uh, we always say this is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast. We're not going to bring up things like Pathfinder. But Pathfinder 2 has... I know. But you'll actually like this because this lines up with your statement. They've, they've removed the Paladin from the game. The Paladin no longer exists. Um, except as a champion. And they have changed the Paladin to a champion. And if you go the holy way, you can be a paladin, and it is a subclass feature of it.
0: Yeah, I'm but, fine, with, I'm fine but, with that.
2: But its base class is a champion, and it is exactly what you're saying. It is more
0: of a... Um, and you can choose to lean into the gods or not.
2: Or not. And yeah. you choose to lean into ideals or uh, um, piety or whatever it is,
0: right? Yeah. yeah. So Pumpkin piety? Mm, mm, pumpkin now pie. Now I'm hungry. <laughs> Megan?
1: Right. No, I would say like that the my final thought on Paladins is I really love from a DM perspective that you can really go after their devotion item or object or thing and use it against them. And yep. I think that that would be the funnest part as a DM is using that
2: to your
1: advantage. So like, and then to your point and being able to go against, like, if they can't lie, put them in a situation where they have to lie. If they can't, you know, like they can't do these things because of their devotion. Are you
0: speaking from experience? Because I broke your sword. Yes. And I made, yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs>
2: personally attacked
0: <laughs> <laughs> alright guys well uh, that do, do you have any final thoughts Dan
2: uh, no I, I, I love paladins I always love paladins paladins can do no wrong in my eyes um, they're a fantastic multi-classing class you could you could really dip into them two levels and you get yep. more than enough
1: <laughs> paladin barbarian that rages
2: <laughs> why not
0: right um, I mean you can't can... smite while you rage yeah. but I mean well you can no you can... Uh, yeah. no you can you can divine smite because you technically use a spell slot but you're not casting a spell
2: true well, this is a character I have to build now.
0: Boom. There we go. I just Dan's going to be up till 2 okay. in the morning now. Okay. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> so that'll be it for uh, this week's episode okay. on Paladins. Um, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as dozens of other podcast apps. You can also find us at itsamimic.com and email us at info at itsamimic.com. Thanks for listening to the It's a Mimic podcast, and make sure to check us out next week when we're covering Rangers.
1: Thank you for listening to It's a Mimic. Check us out online at itsamimic.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have questions you would like answered by the guys on the show? Send them an email to itsamimic at gmail.com. Tune in every Tuesday for more.
0: What is uh, what is your favorite or your go-to um, alignment in d d now? For me? Yeah.
1: Um, the one that I enjoy playing the most is lawful good. Weirdly enough, um, you're
2: you're on a fitting episode. If if
1: kind you of really like lawful good, but the weird part is with paladins, it's not what I prefer. But like I've played a lot of lawful good characters in my day, and so sometimes when I, we did an evil campaign for a hot second for one episode, and I yeah. could not for the life of me figure out how to play an evil character. <laughs> it was the hardest thing for me to do because I've been playing Lawful Good for so long. It's kind yeah. of my go-to or closer to the Lawful Good side.
2: It, it took me, when we played that evil campaign, it took me like two sessions to really get into it and then I embraced it. Yeah. But the problem
0: was that you were still happy and you were still following the law and you thought that this was still a good thing. You didn't change what Lawful Good meant. You changed how you interpreted lawful good. No, my character was lawful evil. Straight up lawful evil. Yes, but you still played like, oh, interesting. I'm collecting this knowledge, which is a good thing, mm. about how everybody dies. And so the morality was just shifted. You st- he still would have called himself good, is the point. He was just evil in the yeah. process, right? Yeah.
2: No, I, 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 I'm I, a big fan of, like, even bad guys. We talked earlier about NPCs. Bad guys, specifically, who are justifiably evil and are good in their own Like Magneto? Like like Magneto, yeah, and, and Thanos, yeah. Even even uh, he thinks Strahd, he's doing
1: what he's doing, is supposed to be right. Even right? Even, yeah.
2: even Strahd, to a certain extent, is doing what he thinks is right. So.
1: Well, you always think what you're doing is right. You're doing it for a purpose and a reason.
0: All right, so Dan, what's yours then? If it's lawful good for Megan? Oh, neutral good. I'm boring as hell. Um, Do you guys like the fall from from Grace? Is that part of the good? You want the temptation and either the redemption or the full fall? Yes. Yes? I don't don't so much like the fall
2: as much as I like the redemption. Right? Like, for me, the redemption is
0: uh, necessary evil. Mm. I'm going to say that Megan watched a lot of anime. Yeah. And that hence the fall and you are I mean, you're happy little Krista boy. You're you love the Redemption Arc.
2: I do. I really do. Right. And like, like uh when it finally hits its uh climax and you're now being a good character who has been through a lot and has got a lot got a lot of baggage with him, but is still trying to be the best version of himself that he can be. Uh, I just love playing. I that also type like character.
1: forcing change on other characters. Oh yes. yes. That's also my favorite. I've done that multiple times in games where my character is like, No, we're doing it this way because of X, Y, and Z and they have to follow yeah. you.
2: Your character walks into church with two legs, walks out with
0: one. Look shut
1: your butt. <laughs> attacked. So,
0: hold on. So, I, I got to say, though, then, that's boring as fuck as a DM to be able to say, like, oh, here's your redemption arc and it's done. Because I can only do that on the last one or two sessions of an entire campaign. The whole thing has got to be tempting you towards evil or slowly letting you, like, you have to give me a list of things you've done wrong so we can cross that list off for, for your penance all the way through it. and. For me as a DM, I'm like, okay, so what's next on the list of shit? And hey, you saved the world, which we were all going to do anyway because it's D&D. So I'm bored with your Lawful Good Redemption story. So for me, as a DM, I have to throw, throw more spice in there because... I know that I can only ramp up the stakes so far before you become irredeemable.
2: Well, well, part right. of
0: the part of the things that you do is you have this redemption arc and you get
2: close to being complete, and then something tragic happens—a tra- a tragic arc uh, or something eventful happens in the character's life—and now you're starting from square one and you're trying to get back up.
0: Yeah, but that sounds—that's not. And, and that's a very.
2: But yeah, that's a very macro view. Session to session, that that is a constant struggle your character is going through, where he's fighting his own nature in a way.
0: I think that's really good. If you if you all agree that you're going to do this module that lasts six six levels, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're doing one to twenty in a homebrew campaign and this set this campaign is going to take three years, that's a lot of up and down and up and down and up and down. Yep. and it's a lot of work for the DM to do. And I'm not I don't know. The, well, we're
2: we're experiencing that right now with Locky,
0: right? Yeah, but you're not even close to lawful good. Never have been. No. You're, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, no, I the I my hope is that Lockheed eventually gets to be like chaotic good if not neutral good. He'll never be lawful. Lockheed just is incapable of that, but I'm hoping he gets towards that neutral good chaotic good frame of mind. And you did things like you made his daughter whose his entire his entire quest was to rescue, you made her a revenant. And now he has to deal with the fact that he has an undead daughter
0: and he has That's 1 year good. and 1 day to rescue her soul. Yeah.
2: It's okay, so. your
1: trusty paladin is going to help you with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, How, how's how's your
0: trusty paladin doing with their god relationship right now? It doesn't exist, is the ne- issue. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. So anyways... Oh, hold on, hold on. I'm going to let you guess. What do you think my favorite alignment is? Neutral. True neutral?
1: Yeah, just boring as fuck.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, I would say Adam would argue about neutral being boring as fuck. Uh, yeah, Aww. see, I think I think true neutral is incredibly interesting, but that's just a DM perspective. True enough, right? Because I want true balance in everything, and for every up, there's a down, and I think, choices. but yeah, but uh, Dan has seen me as a player.
2: I honestly, I think you really like lawful neutral. You don't necessarily like to uh, argue based on the lines of justice and uh, law and order. But you like messing with morality, so having that middle road character who kind of deviates either way, I see. But that's
0: something. not lawful anything then. You no, said la- I don't like no, lawful. No, so
2: lawful. I, no, I said you don't like messing with it, so you're going to sit with lawful because you're not going to break the mold there. You're going to do morality in that sense, and also Batman's lawful neutral, so you're probably going to be lawful neutral.
0: Yeah, um, are you Batman? Don't tell anybody. Oh. Dan's Green Arrow, which is why we fight. Yeah, so I'm chaotic uh, good. News. You are also
1: wearing a green shirt today, so I'm fully on believing that this is a thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and mine is relatively dark. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, honestly, it's either between lawful neutral or uh, neutral evil. I freaking love neutral evil. I want to just—I love playing a sociopath. It's just like right. But the logical thing to do here is to murder those three and then smear the bodies. I don't believe in a god, but let's do some sort of ritualistic thing to leave them up. We'll throw everybody off the trail. Yeah, you you get but Spock. Vis- yes, but evil Spock. evil Spock. You get visibly excited whenever you get a chance to play with Ugaloths. I freaking love Ugaloths. You don't understand how much I love you. I would
1: like to say that his face lit up like a kid on Christmas. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
0: I, I really do because they're they're so like they're just mercenaries and they're so weird and they're all like yeah sure absolutely but what are you gonna do for me in the meantime and they're all about loopholes and. Like...